Welcome to the 13th episode in my series exploring licensed prostitution in America. This series has a specific focus on the legal system that exists within Nevada, which allows sex workers and brothels to be licensed at a county level. Nevada stands as the only state in the United States with such a framework. In today's episode, I am honored to once again engage in a conversation with Tori Lisa. To revisit Tori's earlier appearances in this series, you can find the links to those episodes in the episode description. You can also view all of the episodes that have been released to date at thecolememo.com slash sex. Once again, that's thecolememo.com slash sex. Today is January 3rd, 2024. This episode was originally recorded sometime in June of 2023. Enjoy the episode. In this episode, I reunite with Tori Lisa from a discreet location in Denver, Colorado. You might remember Tori from previous episodes, and if you don't, I'd recommend diving into those conversations first. The last time we spoke, Tori had just entered Nevada's legal sex industry. Today, she's sharing the story of why and how she left. To fully appreciate the depth of our discussion, consider listening to our earlier talks. I've linked them in the episode's description. Enjoy the episode. A Night in America with Tori Lisa. I think that's how I'll start. <laughs> it's so cool to meet you in the flesh. Thank you. You too. Yeah. I mean, we have spent time together, but it was virtual. Mm -hmm. And so... And I never imagined we'd meet uh, in this capacity. I thought we'd meet in a different capacity. But right. We'll to that it's, I think synchronicity definitely kicked in on this one. Yeah. What are the odds that both of us will be in the Denver region at the same time? Me mm -hmm. doing my thing, you doing your thing, and then yeah. making it and I an took, actual in real life interview. So Yeah, I I'm just took the chance. I was like, on the off chance you're here, I've got the time, might as well. And I was like, I got the hotel room. <laughs> Hell yeah. Hell yeah. So I, I'm so excited. It's so funny. I just texted my girlfriend, well, uh, I'll be uh, spending my <laughs> night with Tori Lisa, and she knows who you are. Uh, yeah. For folks that haven't heard our other, our, our pre, sorry, our recent conversations, first of all, what the hell are you doing, folks? Check them out. They're great conversations. She tells yeah. us her story, and maybe we'll cover a little bit of that ground today, but yeah. Um, please reintroduce yourself. I am Tori Lisa. And we actually became acquainted with each other when you were doing your podcast series about the parallels of the cannabis industry and the legal sex work industry. Um, the first interview that we did, I was at one of the um, legal brothels outside of Reno in the Bunny Ranch Network. I worked there for mm, about nine months and then I transferred to the Vegas market and worked at another one and actually became their madam for a while there 
But then I decided to break out of that whole uh, system, if mm-hmm. you will. And because I was, as a madam, I was like on the floor like 18 hours a day, seven days a week. And before I even came to Nevada, I was filming porn with a studio. And I wanted to get back to that. I wanted to do the photo shoot. So I am a legal sex worker, a porn star, a verified porn star on Pornhub. Um, I model professionally, so I specialize in kink, fetish, and erotica. But now I am working independently and traveling. So I kind of broke out of the legal brothel system and I'm still towing the line legally, Mm -hmm. um, but I am still continuing as a very loud and proud sex worker so absolutely absolutely and i just have to say uh once again on air that i really appreciate your willingness to connect tonight no problem um i want to talk about all of those things um it's like where do we begin um why don't we start where we um left off which is that you were at the alien cat house yep um this was before you became a madam correct um, tell me about, you were really excited when, when that came to be, um, tell me about like yeah. how that came to be and, um, what it was like. you mentioned, uh, I actually really loved before. it there. I really did. But as with anything in sex work, there's always an underbelly. Mm-hmm. Okay. So there's pros and cons and some of the cons that were involved there, um, really became untenable for me. And even as a madam, there's still somebody higher up than me. There's always the owner. There's always, you know, government oversight and so on. Not that I had any problem with the government oversight, but it became so restrictive. Like being able to, say, go out to dinner with a client, we couldn't go off site. So like every single booking that I did had to be within the walls of that facility. Mm -hmm. And so I like to go out to dinner and to spend time not feeling rushed and watching the clock and so on. So, um, and then I didn't have free time. Yeah. And so it really, I, I was on site 24, seven, 365. I think in the month of November of last year, I had left the facility a total of six hours the whole month. Wow. And that was to go run errands, to go run to the pharmacy to get a refill on my prescription and also to um, pick up one of the girls that got stranded in Vegas. One of the girls that worked there, she locked the keys in her vehicle and Mm -hmm. the extra set was at the brothel. So I drove to Vegas to go get her. So that was my six hours of freedom. Wow. Okay. Um, And that's not freedom to me. And so I am now working with six different studios and, and doing the things that, I feel free doing sure like booking a client and going out to dinner Mm -hmm. and to go to a show or to do the fun things that Vegas has to offer. It's not legal in Vegas. You have to go outside Vegas to get to a legal brothel, but in Vegas is where the demand is. Right. Right. So, yeah. And I, if you saw me thinking it's because I realized where, where I should have began and, and that is Again, uh, another point of this episode is not only to give you the floor to talk about what you do, but also to share how people can find you online. 
Oh, yes. Okay, so you can go to torylisa.com, mm-hmm. and um, it's T-O-R-R-E-Y-L-I-S-A.com. Thank you. And it will give you a menu of links that you can choose from. Some are very spicy, and there's kind of a hint. It's like things get really hot in here. <laughs> you know, like I do have it kind of like, here's my adult content. Mm-hmm. Here's where you can follow my my social media, like Instagram and Twitter and, and all that stuff. I will say that it's um, PG-13-ish on Instagram. And I do have Facebook really locked down to um, very, just my closest sure. friends and family. Um, but as far as like my fan page on Facebook, you can follow that. I'll mm-hmm. update that. But yeah, if you go to ToriLisa.com, um, sometimes I get banned on certain sites. Like <laughs> I actually got banned permanently um, by Facebook and Instagram because it's all owned by Meta. Mm. Um, I was targeted and they took my accounts down. I'm back on there again. I went in through the back door. Sure. Um, but I try to keep it clean mm-hmm. on those. And then Twitter, you're going to see full on <laughs> everything. Um, and then, of course, my OnlyFans and Pornhub and all that stuff. So Yeah. It's interesting. Uh, just a quick parallel before we get back to sex work. Uh, Twitter is also very cannabis friendly. So it's yes. interesting to hear. It's also very sex work friendly. Yep. Uh, similarly, Twitter or sorry, Instagram and Facebook are not, I've heard, cannabis friendly they're not cannabis friendly it doesn't sound like they're sex work prudes over there so they're not sex work friendly either no it's like no 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 no. Hmm. not at all so um i could be fully covered fully clothed can the brothels have their facebook pages or do they they end up losing them very frequently you know there are people out there that criticize sex work sure okay so if you capture the attention of somebody who's like To hell with all sex workers. They're going to keep going after your accounts. They're mm-hmm. going to report your accounts. They're going to report your your posts, your reels, like all of it. Right. So we have learned how to toe the line. Mm-hmm. But sometimes the reporting process is very unfair. You know, like bots will take stuff down. Right. If you trigger a bot to have something taken down, then you have to appeal it and then you have to hope a human actually reviews it and so on i think the one that's actually the most sensitive is tiktok interesting yeah mm-hmm. no, i've heard that too tiktok is is the most sensitive i've lost <laughs> i think like one time i had like thirty thousand followers on tiktok and it was gone the next day you know that type of thing um once it's gone it's gone mm-hmm. um it's really hard to get a tiktok account back so i think i've gone through like six t- tiktok accounts yeah um i'm really good at rebuilding from the ground up (laughs) i'm actually um social media marketing branding all of that was my jam before i even came into the sex work Mm -hmm. world so i carried those skill sets and and actually it's kind of fun to start from the ground up because you can actually play with the algorithms that may have been polluted if you will Mm -hmm. um by not knowing how to like play with those algorithms and the algorithms change all the time. So sometimes having a clean slate is the best way to go. Yeah. So I'm good with that. But when you go to ToriLisa.com, if my TikTok account gets shut down, <laughs> I will post the new TikTok account. So you can always find where I am on any platform at any given time through ToriLisa.com. Perfect. 
Perfect. Well, now that we got that out of the way, I I hope you respect me making sure to get that right at the top yes. for folks that want to. <laughs> Thank you. you know, trying to help So they're you help safer me. work and not safer work. Mm-hmm. Go down whichever rabbit hole you want to go down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You've been warned. There you go, folks. <laughs> And, uh, yeah, yeah, you have been warned. Obviously, this conversation is uh, uh, for adults. Uh, mm-hmm. So, yeah. Uh, well, let's – so the freedom thing, I want to get back to yes. – because this is kind of what we talked about before uh, we got on air. In this freedom-espousing country, America, land of the free, mm-hmm. it's so hard and we have to toe so many different lines. Um, before we get to the lines that you're having to toe now, I want to go back to – uh, the alien cat house mm-hmm. was it like just because you said you were so busy on the floor that you weren't able to like I mean you had to so, sleep right or did right they so say... there was still there was some drama mm-hmm. okay unfortunately I remember you told me quote shit went down shit so went down I want to hear shit about went down there was a mass walkout when Tori walked out other people walked out wow. it was I in both cases, when I left the first house I was in, it was because it was a safety issue. And to me, we go into the legal brothel system to be safe. Right. Okay. And so when you address it with management and, you know, the different layers, um, there's favoritism that happens. Now, at the time that I was at Sagebrush Ranch, um, I was pretty much training all the girls coming in. There were other trainers, but they were having me train the trainers. Mm -hmm. Okay, so I was basically like the, I want to say head trainer, if you will. I was constantly training because there's a churn and burn going on there. Um, I was in an upgraded room and I had just kind of respect there. The girls respected me. Management respected me. I I was a bridge Mm -hmm. between like what was going on on the floor and what was going on higher up. And I was always trying to find that um, cohesiveness, if you yeah. will. And so that allowed me inside information, knowledge of what might be going on up here versus down here. I was kind of in the middle. So there was a safety issue that happened. Um, I mean, in in all seriousness, I could have called 911 and mm-hmm. been rightful in doing it. But I was still trying to handle it internally and say, hey, this is serious. Yeah. Um, and they basically, when I sat down with the people involved, well, a couple of girls uh, had too much to drink. Mm-hmm. And it was improper for them to overserve. Sure. Okay, that's a safety issue. Yeah. Um, but then they became aggressive and threatening and so on and even though I had nothing to do with it I was actually being targeted and I was being targeted because of the color of my skin and things like that so um at when all was said and done when when the manager finally came in at seven the next morning um she was not taking me as seriously because I was texting her through the night um the shift manager that was on duty I was afraid she's gonna have a stroke like she literally was so stressed out she had to take a few days off because it was so stressful with this event i left i left the property for my own safety and when she came back in when the manager came in in the morning i said okay i'm not coming out i had come back onto the property hoping to talk to her and 
um, they were more concerned about the money that was made that night. And I was like, no, 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 we need to talk about this right the fuck now. Right, we need to talk about what happened We need to address this now. And the two girls that were involved, one didn't book so well. She wasn't performing as far as her her numbers, okay? Mm -hmm. Um, My numbers were fine, but the other girl actually had better numbers than me. So what they did was they fired the one girl. When you say better numbers, does it mean like maybe they were like going into debt because they're not making their... that is correct. So some girls will go into debt. Mm -hmm. Um, And the the worst offender um was one of those girls mm-hmm. and she it was she had done multiple tours it's not like she was new there right she knew what was going on she knew what was going on and um just got a little big for her britches and decided to mess with the wrong girl now yes i left the facility just for my safety just to kind of mm, um get things to calm down let them sober up mm-hmm. basically you yeah. know um, and we'll talk about it in the morning, but they weren't taking it seriously. And so the other girl that was involved, she was a good booker. So there were no consequences really for her. They fired the other girl. In fact, at that point that they fired her, they locked me and another girl in our rooms for our safety. So our doors don't have locks unless they're locked from the outside. Okay. I can't lock a door from the inside. But they said, for your safety, while she packs out, we're going to lock you in your room. Now, I had already lost floor time that whole night. Like, I could have been working and making money and booking people. So, I mean, I was losing money. Um, It was safety issues upon safety issues. It was just ridiculous, really. If management had been on top of things, if there had been some accountability and so on. So, I told them, look, this is not okay. This can't happen anymore not to me not to anybody else and so when i wanted to talk to the head person um i basically demanded it i said it's one thing to talk to you but we need to talk higher up yeah so she came in and she sat down and she said um she started talking with me and i said you know i'm gonna take a break because all of this is just not okay and I'm going to go do some photo shoots. I'm going to take a road trip, things like that. And the other girl that was involved, I said, why aren't you calling her in here? I said, I'm going to text her right now. She needs to be part of this conversation. She was targeted too. It's not just me. It's not about you appeasing me. Yeah. It is about you being accountable to all involved and making it right. So I insisted that the other girl come in because she was targeted so that the reassurances they were giving to me, they could say to her face too. Yeah. And what, what ways, just really quick, I hope this keeps us on target, but I'm just curious, what other ways were that, were you targeted? I know you mentioned color your skin. Um, well, I mean, they were, they were going to, you know, um, I was called, you know, they're going to beat this white bitch's ass and so on. And I literally had nothing to do with it. I think there was... Well, I know there was jealousy going on because I had a really good retention rate Mm -hmm. with my clients. So, for example, I had repeat clients. One client came in eight days in a row, booked with me eight days in a row. Okay. He came into some money and he just booked with me eight days in a row. He liked what he got. (laughs) Everybody knew that the moment Stephen walked in, Tori, Stephen's here for you again. You know, that kind of thing. You know, like people knew that I took really good care. Of my clients and the clients like I have one client that I have since seen after
after I left the brothels, um, he was like, well, how am I going to see you again? I mean, my regulars were like, now what? You mm-hmm. left and I can't come see you. And I was like, eh, don't worry. We'll, we'll have more fun <laughs> yeah. on the outside of yeah, these walls, right? Now. Yeah. Like I'm already familiar with you. So yeah. I did see them independently after I left the system. But one of those clients that I had met at Sagebrush, a lot of the people that I booked at Sagebrush followed me like literally eight hours down the road to Vegas to book with me at the new brothel that I was working at. Mm -hmm. So I had a really good following. I had good repeat clients. They would just turn and burn through the clients. They weren't giving the the in-person experience the way I was to Mm, get those repeats. Just kind of getting them off, getting them out. Correct. So, (laughs) So they would see these clients coming back for just me. They didn't want to line up. They didn't want to look at the other girls. And this sounds very egotistical, but I'm very proud of the fact that I really care about my clients. You know, Mm -hmm. one of them is a motorcycle racer and he travels the motorcycle circuit. He bought a motorcycle and named it after me. (laughs) You know, like, you know, like I, they could see that I was doing well Mm -hmm. because I did really well at what I do and so sometimes that creates jealousy Um, and because I also had maybe some extra privileges as a trainer and so on you would get criticized because women can be really catty they can be really petty that's what I was going to say is that it seems like it's like a high school environment and it's interesting because the day before this all went down I had a repeat client come in yeah. and the one girl that got fired was just a couple doors away. Now I'm not known to be quiet. Sounds carried. And, um, and I, it was like a 10 o'clock in the morning booking and I was the only girl that booked that day. It was a slow day and it was somebody that didn't want to line up. They just wanted to see me. They were a repeat client and we were sitting out in the parlor as we tend to do and kind of hanging out. Sometimes we play, you know, cards against humanity or whatever. And long story short, I'm just out there hanging out and a guy had come in and we're all sitting around and he was talking to each of us mm-hmm. and he was kind of going around. And so dirty hustling is a no, no. Yeah. Um, there's many things that could happen. So I, waited until he addressed me so that I would not be accused of dirty hustling to interject in conversations. So as he was going around... Really quick, it's like you're stealing their guy. Correct, correct. And, you know, but the thing was, is he kept coming back to me. Mm -hmm. And, of course, because he's initiating, I am going to reciprocate. But his attention was pointed more towards me because I'm very engaging and I was getting the conversation moving and, and, but at the same time, I'm also a team player. If I notice a guy is maybe missing out on talking to another girl, cause trust me, every day that Steven came in those eight days in a row, I would say, Steven, go talk to the other girls. Yeah. <laughs> like seriously, because I don't own these clients the house Mm -hmm. does technically yeah okay but i my theory is i wanted all of my clients to get to know the other girls because guess what then they're going to book two girls me and another girl i want him to 
find another girl right. so we can have a threesome because I love threesomes. It's like the it's it's fantasy. more money, it's more fun. It's like it's a win win for everyone. The client wins, I win, and the other girl wins. Right. Okay, so I'm always trying to upsell. Hey, I've got this friend over here. Why don't you book both of us? Okay, mm-hmm. so I am the team player there. So sometimes when those conversations are going on in the parlor, I will pull another girl in. Sure. I will turn the conversation and pull somebody in because I don't want that attention to go just to me because then that creates that tension. Yeah. And everybody knows I am going to pull you in on parties and help you make money. Yeah, it's like the opposite of what you're just talking about. Correct. See, I have an abundance mindset. They yeah. have a scarcity mindset. Bingo. Okay? Plain and simple. It's plenty for and all of us. Th- ugh, plenty. Plenty. Plenty to go around. Everybody wins. So they saw this repeat client come in. It was a slow day. I was the only one that booked. Meanwhile, we're in the parlor. Another guy comes in. He's just gauging which one he likes. He's intimidated by the lineup. So he'd rather just engage in conversation and see who he connects with. Well, he kept coming back to me. And at that point, I'm like, okay, let me pull somebody else in. So I was like pointing to one of the girls and laughing about, hey, you should hear about blah, blah, blah. And kind of like giving that attention equally. Mm -hmm. But the two girls involved were sitting off to my, yeah, my, yeah, my left (laughs) and on a separate couch. And they started making snide comments. And right in front of the client, which is completely unprofessional. Right. They were antagonizing right in front of a client. And I just looked at them and I said, I'm not sure what you're talking about, but we have a client here. Like I was reminding them to be professional. Right. Okay. There's certain decorum that needs to be upheld. And it's not they even They didn't just... like me correcting them in how to behave. Sure. And so I'm kind of like house mom anyway. And so they were like saying some very rude things at this point. And I said, you know what? I am not here for this. And I'm going to get up and walk away. And we'll have this conversation later. But I'm, I'm not going to have you talk to me like this. And especially in front of a client. Yeah. Especially in front of a client. And I basically shut, the, shut it down, got up, walked away. Because I'm not going to do the drama. Yeah. And and I'm not going to also sit there and let somebody be abusive verbally or anything. No. So I dismissed them. Yeah. And that basically put them on this this let's gang up on Tori. They were really actually targeting another girl. But they thought, well, while we're at it, let's let's mm-hmm. you know go after Tori. And I just wasn't going to have it. I I mean People who know me know nobody gets a free pass to be an asshole. Nobody. Right. I don't care who you are. Whether it's friends, family, I don't care. And it doesn't matter what line of work. Yes, exactly. Like just because you work in the brothels doesn't mean... Like I I think about it like what if my mechanic came up and he's like, man, he fucking... This guy sucks at changing oil. It's like even if he does suck at changing oil, like bro, we're all on the same team right now. Well, they were... We're representing the same company. They were really mad Uh that I had booked that day. And um, another girl had said something about one of the girls' music was too loud type thing. And and again, I had nothing to do with it. But they were like, oh, well, you know, porn star over here gets to be loud, but we can't play music. And, you know, like they they were triangulating me into 
this drama that I had nothing to do with. And I was like, whoa, 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 we're not, no, this is a brothel. <laughs> there are no quiet hours at a brothel. I'm sorry. Yeah. You know, if you don't like the music turn, you know, go somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Literally remove yourself from the situation. Yeah. Nobody was forced to listen to anything, you know? So it was just, unfortunately, some of the backgrounds of people that come in, they don't have, they don't have the maturity, you know, especially if they're younger. They yeah. they might have had hard lives and they really have to like um, present themselves, um, for lack of better words, words you know, very ghetto and, and very like, you know, thug type behavior. Mm. And there's ways that you can resolve problems through communication and so on, but they don't exactly understand that. So when I try to meet them with conversation and trying to see their side of things and what have you, I'm always one that can mitigate tension. Mm -hmm. Um, In my marriage, I was married to someone with with severe PTSD and disassociative episodes. I'm very good at negotiating, redirecting, holding boundaries, yeah, bringing (laughs) things down, just kind of (laughs) de-escalating things. But some of these girls, they want the fight. They want the drama. They want the the Mm -hmm. competition. And the thing is, is back in the day, before I came into the brothel system, when Dennis Hoff was alive and running the very brothels that I was in, um, he would say, if you don't have drama, you're not making money. So it was a culture of drama because if there was competition among the girls, it would create more bookings. But actually, I believe that's actually a, a, it's farce. It's a farce. If the girls are working together, such as me bringing uh, another girl in to have a two-girl party, right. which is a higher rate schedule, you know, if you will. It's um, mm-hmm. higher rates for something like that, for that type of experience. Um, I believed that you get your profits because of the people, but brothel management owners and so on believe it's profits before the people, if yeah. that makes sense. So, like, they would look at the profits and not care about the people i cared about the people and created a collaborative team building type environment so that's why it was promoted to madam when i went to alien cat house the owner could see that i could make them more money with this unique to the industry approach and i've i've been in management my whole life you know i've been running my own businesses i've been in different industries and so on so for me i think my management style actually was enhancing the benefit of the brothels but i needed them to get on board with that type of culture yes so when i went to alien cat house it's a smaller house it at sagebrush we could have upwards of 30 girls in the house at a time um and like they like even when it was slow they would be bringing brand new girls in for me to train and i'm going what are you doing why are you bringing girls in we're only getting like two or three bells a day like in the dead of winter yeah like people are not coming in it's slow i'm like why and then it dawned on me one day i was like they're generating room and board right the house makes money off of every room that's filled with a girl Mm -hmm. whether the girl books or not Right. Which goes back to the whole 
they were basically creating debt for these girls. Right. They were in debt to the house. Mm -hmm. So every booking they got was going straight to the house to cover their debt. Right. And some, some girls left in debt, you know, and, and to me, that's just unconscionable to like literally generate an income stream off the room and board off the backs of girls who are trying to compete with 15, 20 other girls mm -hmm. and you've only got two or three guys coming in. But then I had my repeat clients, so I was fine because my repeat clients were coming in, but the girls would see them coming in from me and go, well, what about us? Mm. And it's like, mm, but I have a really good client base because I take care of my clients. I don't churn and burn them. Yeah. That's complex. I want to get back. I want to get to your meeting. Um, it's just crazy to hear this, though, from like another person's perspective that mm -hmm. this culture is the way that it is. And again, would you agree that how I described it as kind of like high school esque? Oh, yeah. It's, like it's college dorm. I'm going to say college, college dorm. dorm. Maybe Fair high school enough. mentality, but it is a college dorm environment. Sure. Okay. It is <laughs> free for all sometimes. Yeah. And depending on who's on duty, um, it will be either well managed and well controlled or not. Yeah. And there were some people that could not manage shit. I mean, there was one guy, we had a, a guy come in, um, big Russian dude. He was lit, okay? And he became abusive. And it was a couple doors down from me. And I was about to jump in because when one girl's having a problem, we all go running. You yeah. don't want a dozen hoes and stilettos coming after you. I trust, trust <laughs> me, okay? But management is the overriding authority. And she came in and she was sitting there negotiating, not de-escalating anything, um, not putting a stop to any of it. And the poor girl was like, I need my room back. You need to get him out of my room mm -hmm. and quit. And, and, and meanwhile, the shift manager on duty is like, well, would Jesus approve of you speaking like that when he was just being so nasty? It's like, no, sir, shut your mouth, get the fuck out, or I'm calling the police is really what the conversation should have been. Yeah. But what would Jesus say? Oh, my God, <laughs> I'm sitting in my doorway going, what the fuck is she doing? Yeah. Like, she's supposed to be getting this man out, not talking about the morals uh -huh. of what was coming out of his mouth. You know what I'm saying? Like, they need to have people who are trained to de-escalate, yeah. trained to mitigate, trained mm -hmm. to go, hey, Popo, <laughs> you need to come down here right now because so this, this guy man, needs to go. This was like a security guy they had hired? We, don't, we, we had surveillance. Okay. But the shift manager is the security. Okay. Understood. Unless the girls handle it. And at one point, I had to kick somebody out. And the next day, out of my room, and the next day, they were like, well, maybe that was his kink. I was like, do not educate me on kinks. Oh, so that's what I was trying to yeah, understand. He was like, a client? Okay, so the the situation with the big Russian. Yeah, you that know, guy. Yeah, yeah. Um, for example, the, the shift manager, it was, it was somebody else's client. Okay. I you. was witness to it. I heard it. And I'm mm -hmm. like questioning why are you having this whole what would jesus think and i'm like no yeah, no 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 no. get him the fuck out it's it's a safety issue right this is a safety issue mm -hmm. not just for the girl that he, that that is 
with him in that room, but for everybody. Right. Okay, I was only two doors down. That's why I heard it so fast and was like, somebody grab Sassy, we got a problem. You know, like I am echoing it down the hallways and we're all running, you know. Um, and the thing is, is like, if you can't manage a dozen girls, then you have no business filling these rooms with a dozen girls. Yeah. It, because some of them, there one girl OD'd. Um, another girl, like... It just just went psycho on us. Like they're bringing in people that may pass the background checks and fingerprinting and FBI stuff and 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 get their shares card. But holy shit, they are a hot mess express. Yeah. And they're antagonistic and they'll they'll create drama and and be confrontational. And it's like that's not good for the house. And I was the one that was like, I'd pull somebody aside. Hey. You, you seem a little agitated today. What's going on? And I will like talk to them and, mm-hmm. and you know, help them kind of like feel good about themselves and what have you. I was like the nurturer, whereas other girls were like, bring it, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. And and for me, I'm just like, I'm very compassionate and stuff. It's not to say my way is the only way or the right way. It's this, my way was different, mm-hmm. but it created peace and balance and harmony for those that wanted to participate in it and a lot of the girls came to me as like a mother figure they're like they could trust me i would keep what was going on in their life private and they could say my dad's battling cancer and i'm really really having a hard time right now and i just need somebody to talk to so like i was a sounding board for working out life's problems people would come to me for advice um you know for life back home um and so on so like people liked me but the girls that didn't especially didn't like me because people liked me yeah and so they would try to like you know it's like an episode of survivor like they'll try to pit people against you and stir up a rumor and so on i was like there was so much Mm -hmm. paying attention like i'm really good at reading a whole room i i know everything that's going on with everyone simultaneously yeah you know like i can do that um so i can tell when somebody's off i can tell when somebody's tone of voice is starting to go in a different direction it's like oh okay (laughs) uh you know like i see it coming and and i think you know my marriage kind of prepped me for a lot of that you know always like ready for the battle kind of thing but the thing is is i was very proud of what i did i loved what i did and it was really heartbreaking for me to make the decision to go to a different brothel yeah because i felt like i was abandoning not only my clients but the girls and so on like i was sanctuary people would like if anybody needed to find somebody they knew to go to my room Mm -hmm. because usually they were in my room (laughs) they would come to my room tori i need to talk to you you know and so my room was kind of like that safe space um and they also i would teach them things that might help them make more money like i wanted them to do well yeah whereas other girls were like no if she's making money then i'm making less money and so i need to sabotage her ability to make money yeah so i can get that money it's just that that whole scarcity thing and me i'm like hey guess what guys if we work together on this i think all of us can make more money what do you think and they were like ah, that's fucking brilliant yeah and you know and so 
Some of the girls were on board with that. Others, they were just not emotionally invested in it like I was. And they're like, whatever, my tour is over in three days. I don't care. I'm out of mm-hmm. here, you know. So they, they didn't need yeah. to to join in on anything. So when I went to, to Alien Cat House, that was my goal. Yeah. And that's why they were like, hey, um, this is essentially you're going to run 80% of this Mm -hmm. brothel and you get to call the shots on who comes in and so on. But (laughs) unfortunately there's a reward system amongst management. So shift managers um, get a percentage of what are bookings happen on their shift. And so there's internal stuff going on there. And one particular person really had her eye on being able to run the whole show. And when I got the promotion, it kind of shattered that. And so she thought, fine, then I'm going to do everything I can to sabotage Tori's ability to do what she needs to do. And because the owner gave her buying privileges, like I wanted to buy things and upgrade things in the brothel and he would say okay go give it to you know the office manager and she'll order it but then she'd forget and then she'd go back and go well i found one cheaper and then he and then i'd say hey where's this item i asked to be ordered oh well um we decided to order something different no there is a reason why i wanted that specific thing mm-hmm. There is a reason why I do what I do. And if you have a question, you can come to me and I can explain why it needs to be this particular thing and not some knockoff, you know, um, and processes need to be done a certain way and safety needs to be handled a certain way. So like then it became, oh, well, let's question Tori's authority. Let's undermine it. Let's, you know, let, let me make her look bad, which was kind of silly because I still, I always land on my feet, you know, like the truth always comes out and I was really good at documenting things. Um, and I'd say, Oh no, no, that's not actually what was said or done or whatever. And here's my proof. And I would like create paper trails and Oh Lord. CYA. CYA. Yes. (laughs) So long story short, um, I, could not impress upon the owner enough that that particular problem staff member was creating safety issues for us. And the last party that I did before I walked out, packed out and walked out and then people followed me and walked out, they, they had nobody there. <laughs> like it was, they had a couple new girls coming in, but they hadn't been cleared yet. So basically they were shut down, closed for business wow. when I walked out. That is how serious I was. I was just like, no, um, she put all of us at risk, but then she put me in particular at risk with a particular client. The client wasn't the problem. The situation was the problem. Yeah. And so she was informed of things and chose not to tell me about them. And I said, that's it. I'm done. I am not going to let other people have control over my safety. Um, and as precarious as independent work is because the brothels are supposed to create that safety net for you Mm -hmm. um i am finding that i have the freedom and the power 
to create my own safety and sanctuary, and I'm pretty good at it. So I feel safer doing independent work than I do inside a brothel where certain people can manipulate situations or create safety issues that I may not be aware of, or if I am aware of it, I have no authority to to address it. And right. I just, I'm spinning my wheels trying to get people to, to understand that over-serving a girl who's aggressive is not a good idea. Yeah. Um, so I wanted to get back to your meeting that, that you had and maybe like how it went. Um, but, and I do have a question just about yeah. the general culture that mm-hmm. you just described mm-hmm. that it sounds like you're glad to be out of, but I wanted to ask like, and maybe this will, that'll, this will actually probably help us segue to that culture question sure. and then we can wrap back around to the meeting. Um, what are some of the things like this person would do when they get aggressive? I, was it just threats or, cause I've heard of like, you mentioned sabotage. I've heard of them like putting bleach in people's shampoo to fuck their hair up to sabotage like yeah did i didn't witness serious? i didn't witness that but um so we're stealing you know oh yeah stealing because our doors don't lock and right. they paid us in cash where are we gonna put that cash right mm-hmm. somebody always had money coming up missing so for me even though it, it's interesting because like we had 24 7 drivers mm-hmm Okay. And I'm just going to make so, sure the cameras are still rolling. Yeah, no problem. <laughs> we had 24-7 drivers. So it would cost me $12 to uh, do a run. You know, I had to pay for the ride. Um, but we would have our own staff as our drivers. So we had chauffeurs and so on. I would pay the $12 to go to town, you know, and to go deposit my money to get it off site. Mm-hmm. But other girls would go, why would I spend $12 every day to go make deposits? Well, then they were losing thousands of dollars in theft. And it's like, why would you not spend mm-hmm. $12 to go deposit your money? Right. Like, so what if I'm spending $12 to go deposit my money? Um, which then led me to, okay, I need my own car. <laughs> Because I would, I legitimately was. You described um, how they would nickel and dime. Yeah, yeah. And when you add it all up at the end of the month, you're like, damn, I could have made a car payment with with all these runs with the driver. Mm-hmm. Um, so I actually bought a second car in Nevada because mm-hmm. I had left my car in Colorado because I had drivers. I was going to see this close. Oh, up to you. sorry, no problem. No, you're you're okay. Um, so like. You don't have to. I, you can okay. still talk to I'm good? Me. Yeah. All right. Yay. <laughs> yeah, I want to keep you comfortable. <laughs> so long story short was like, okay, I'm, I love the fact that I have a driver. In fact, um, I didn't even have to leave on site with one of the drivers. I could give him the money and go, please go deposit this for me. I wouldn't even have to leave the nice. floor. Okay. Nice. He was trustworthy. Okay. And he, so that was nice. That was a nice benefit. But... I mean, if a new guy was hired, I'm not going to hand him a bunch of money and go, hey, go make this deposit for me, you know? Um, it's just I knew who to trust and who I couldn't trust mm-hmm. in inside those walls. And, and yeah, there, sabotage can happen through the rumor mill. 
Um, it could happen with, you know, people making up lies and fabricating things and so on. I liked that there was surveillance within the brothel, not inside the rooms themselves. There was audio, like they could listen in. Sure. If any wrongdoing was going on, they didn't basically have to catch you in the act. But long story short, they could hear what was going on in the rooms. They couldn't see what was mm-hmm. going on in the rooms. So um, you had to be careful. You had to watch your back. You had to like, because somebody could jump you. One of the girls, I mean, they, they, they will fight. They will take a pool stick and break it over you. You yeah. know, like if they're that pissed and if they've got enough alcohol in them. Um, and tensions do run high when somebody's not booking well. So when a girl books well, she becomes a target. Right. It's very competitive. And that culture going back to the Dennis Hoff days was if there isn't drama, you're not making money. He felt that pitting the girls against each other or stirring things up, if it, if it got too calm and, and, and honestly, um, Alien Cat House used to be owned by Dennis Hoff. The owner had shared with me, the new owner, after, yeah. you know, he had bought it right before Dennis passed away, shared with me the culture and was in agreement with me, at least initially, that my way actually would make more money. Yeah. Um, he ended up screwing me over. <laughs> There's that. Um, yeah. I am at this point pretty pissed well we got to get to that yeah we'll get pretty pissed but But. yeah owners management and the girls you never know who to trust Mm -hmm. and there will always be some sort of conflict yeah because the culture was baked into the system primarily by dennis hoff but other owners yeah okay they are not exempt from it but he was notorious for declaring this and saying if it is too calm you need to stir shit up. And favoritism is definitely a thing. And competitiveness amongst the shift managers, because they want that bonus, they, 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 they will dirty hustle the other managers to get bookings on their shift and, and manipulate the girls and so on. Like I was really about put to pressure ask, do they play into it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. They, I mean, even higher ups, they would pull me in and they were like, call some of your regulars. We were $300 away from our goal for the day. Mm. Call one of your regulars. And I'd be like, it's two o'clock in the fucking morning. Seriously? <laughs> I'm sure some of them are going to be up. You want me to bust my ass so you make your numbers. Right. No, I meant did uh, any shift managers play into the uh, the manipulation, the like, oh, this, this person said this about you? Oh, God, all the time. Yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah. Oh, fuck yes. It was pretty bad. And is that kind of, I wanted to ask too, is that kind of how it worked? Like, Tori said you're a bitch. Is that what they do? Or, oh. Like, it's as simple as that? Give me yeah, some Yeah, it could be that. Or they would sabotage you through passive aggressive bullshit. Okay, let me tell you this story. So I had a booking. It was a kink party. It was a high dollar party. And I had um, booked the guy, negotiated everything. Money was exchanged. We go back to the room. And this particular shift manager at Sagebrush that did not like me, who I have referenced before, um, because I would always challenge her. I would stand up to her and go, no, that's not okay. Mm-hmm. Like I would challenge her decision making and so on going, oh, no, 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 no. So this particular day, um, she 
my room and another room were on one particular thermostat down that hallway. It was I can June. already see where the problem's coming. Yep, it was June. <laughs> and they were having troubles with the air conditioning. So my room was just finally coming up to temperature with the air conditioning. I was like, thank God, right? Well, about 15 minutes into this kink party, heat is coming through my vents. Oh, no. I had to complete that party. And we were both, like, it was a safety issue for the client because it was so sweltering hot. I actually had to stop the party and stop time to go up to the front office and say, somebody needs to check the thermostat. And, of course, the shift manager's like, oh, no, I don't there's nothing wrong so i grabbed the media guy who had a key mm-hmm. and i said do me a favor go check that fucking thermostat because she's telling me it's fine and it's not and my i got a guy sweltering in there right. and i'm like grabbing bottled waters to rehydrate him this is like, a kink party but it's not that kind of kink party. right it was like <laughs> it was going sideways real quick there was a lot of sweat involved you know hmm. yeah but he went and checked because she didn't think that i would find somebody with a key and address it on the freaking spot and catch her in the act. But she cranked the thermostat up to over 100 and had the heat on in my room in the summer in Nevada. She was sabotaging my party. Wow. But she put my health at risk and my client's health at risk. And I go to management and go, Mm-mm, this is manipulation. This is not okay. It was a safety issue. Again, it's like all these little things. It's like... I told the owner of Alien, I was like, have you ever heard of the term death by a thousand paper cuts? Death by a thousand cuts? Right. Okay. Um, some of those managers will, like one, holy shit. She got busted so bad. And that was, that was literally the day she got fired was the day I was promoted to madam. It was on October 12th of, of last year. And we had what's called tea party. Every brothel has some yeah. form of tea party. It's like weekly or bi-weekly type thing. And um, the owner came to me and said, I'm going to promote you and I'm going to fire her. You can't say a word, but this is what's going on. And that's going to happen during the tea party. During the tea party. Holy fucking shit. Right? <laughs> okay. He was like, uh, you decide whether you want to be called madam or whatever title you want, but you're basically going to be running it. She's out. And what happened was <clears throat> she didn't want one of the girls to work there anymore. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. But she wanted her gone. So she would like say antagonistic things and passive aggressive things and just create this tension. And But it was way worse than even what we thought. Um, what she was doing was when a client would call to book with say me or my friend Paige or whatever client would say I'd like to book a party I want to pay the deposit well what this manager was doing was she'd say oh well she's not available that day why don't you book with so-and-so well so-and-so was her pet girl and I think they had some sort of drug deals going on between them Mm. so she was funneling our clients but those clients were like Hey, that you know, she didn't, she wasn't smart. The clients would come back to like me or the other girls and go, Hey, I called today to make a deposit and they said you weren't going to be available. Is that true? Hmm. So we'd catch them in the lie. Right. 
Okay, so the owner had a team of like seven people over the course of 40 straight hours, eight people reviewing every camera, every audio, every email, literally did an audit of the entire month. And he discovered that I had lost a lot of bookings because this particular manager had control over sending people. And then we could hear somebody at the door. Like we, there's a doorbell system. Mm-hmm. Now at Sagebrush, they had um, announcements. They say, company ladies, and it would come across the whole brothel no matter what time of day it was. Well, at, say, at, at Alien, somebody would ring the initial doorbell. And then the shift manager would go and field whether or not they're here just for the bar because there was a bar there. Sometimes they just come in for a drink and they don't want to line up. They don't want to book a girl and that's fine. They can come in and do that. So they would not announce for any lineups under those circumstances. But then if they wanted to line up, then they would do a chime system for us to within 30 seconds to be lined up mm-hmm. in the parlor. And we would hear the doorbell because I was close enough to the front parlor. I was literally right off the parlor and I could hear the doorbell, but there would be no announcements. But then I would poke my head out, but there's nobody at the door at, at the bar. And I'm like, I could have sworn I just heard the bell. So I'd say, did I hear the bell? And they're like, oh yeah, they wanted to use the restroom. Okay. No, that didn't make sense because there's the travel center next door. Like What? You know, so I started questioning it. And then like my friend Paige was further down the hall and she couldn't hear it as much, but she could see people coming. She could see the parking lot. She's like, somebody just pulled up, but I haven't heard a bell. She's texting me. Yeah. She's like, I saw somebody, but I didn't hear a bell. And then I would come out and like check and see what's going on. What happened was somebody would come to the door and instead of doing the lineup, she'd say, oh, well, the only person we have here is this favorite girl of hers that she was funneling so she basically would call into the girl's room and say there's somebody here to see you even though he wasn't there to see her specifically right, right. and would tell the guy i only have one girl on duty mm-hmm. and basically we're all in our rooms not seeing that she's just sending people back Straight to this back. one girl and so that got uncovered there was just so much bullshit and i was pretty furious and i told the owner i was like this isn't going to happen under my watch. And so like I was given the whole front office, like I had the key to my own office and, and so on. Well, we were undergoing renovations. So one of the shift managers decided to use my office as storage area. And I'm like, what's going on? Why is my office full of shit? Mm-hmm. Well, we needed it for storage. Okay, well, what's the plan to clear it? Because I'm filming a YouTube channel. I need to be able to do this. And she would question everything I did. And I went back to the owner and said, she needs to stop questioning me. Because mm-hmm. if you have entrusted me to do these things, I need the freedom to do it without her interfering and so on. Well, then she would turn around and relay a totally different scenario about whatever conversation I had with her. And so... um she would get confrontational with me and I'd go, oh no, Didi, I'm not having this conversation with you today. Not here, not now, not with people on the floor. Mm-hmm. Kind of the same thing I had to do at Sagebrush. There are clients here. Yeah. You don't act that way, you know? And so um, it got down to the wire for me to film and stuff. And I was like, Didi, 
do you need me to help you clear that out? Because she had like painting supplies and all kinds of stuff. And, and I finally went to the owner. I said, I need that office cleared today. And if she is going to be interfering, then you need to come in. And clear. He cleared my office out. He came up. in and cleared my office out because he was pretty much done with, with the shenanigans. Yeah. You know, he was like, office is cleared. You're good to go. What else do you need? You know, like he was supportive of me, but he was still entertaining these shenanigans. I was like, you need to fucking fire her, mm-hmm. you know, um, but that's his call. I, I didn't manage the staff. Mm-hmm. He did. I managed the girls and the operations within it. So my hands were tight and I went to him and I was like, look, you literally are giving me this job, but tying both hands behind my back. So either you want me to do this job or you don't. Mm -hmm. And, you know, this is what I need. And I'm just very assertive, (laughs) you know, in, in making things right or making it better. And um, I don't think he was used to that. I was always professional, but I I went to him and he was like, um, she was like telling him things that never happened. I said, check the cameras, check the audio. I got nothing to hide. Mm-hmm. That never happened. Well, one day I had gone to her. She had come in in the morning and I said, hey, last night, um, one of the girls we had clients at the pool table and one of the walls has nothing but mirrors, big, huge panels of mirrors. And the girl was kind of hanging out and talking to the guys. Well, she leaned against the mirror and it shifted. And I said, whoa, 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 whoa. I was like, Kitty, pull forward, pull forward. Like you step away from that mirror. Cause luckily I heard it and kind of saw. And, um, I said, this is a safety issue. Mm-hmm. If that mirror comes off that wall, people are going to get sliced and diced, okay? And we had clients on the floor. and I, So the next morning, I was like, this needs to be secured today. Uh, whether we have to call a maintenance crew to come in and do it, whether it needs to be re... Well, this person said, no, no, it's fine. I'm like, no, it's not fine. And I was going to... She knew I was going to follow up with the owner, mm-hmm. okay? And so, um, I go back to my room. Well, what happened was she texted the owner, but accidentally sent what she said to me. So she was trying to send it to the, the owner of the alien. She meant house. to send it to the owner of alien and completely misaligned the entire situation and made it look like I was somehow <laughs> causing a problem. She's like, Tori won't tell me who, it, who did it, but one of the girls broke the mirror it wasn't even close to what what i had said to her was hey this needs to be taken care of right well i guess it shifted she she made it look like the girl damaged the mirror Mm -hmm. and that i was keeping a secret about who did it right even though i was like hey this mirror is a problem and i'm concerned for the girls and our clients and we need to secure this today um, call maintenance to come in and get this done today. Yeah, I love she that didn't they sent it to like you. that, but <laughs> she sent it to me. The little bitch thought she was being smart, and I just laughed. I was like, I knew she was doing that. Yeah, but now I had the proof, so I'd go to the owner and go, "Listen, she is misrepresenting conversations and so on." So at this point, 
um, between the last girl that got fired, the last manager that got fired for all of the shenanigans and stuff, funneling people to one particular girl, and then this stuff going on. I said, you know, you don't have a problem with what's going on, on the floor. You have a management problem. Mm. And that's on you. So um, we need to figure this out because all my work is going to mean nothing if these shift managers uh, get to go rogue. Yeah. And and so um, so she he called her in for meeting and she you know so then he called me in and it was like why don't you like Dee Dee I said I like her just fine I just have issues with safety stuff and you know like undermining my authority and like creating rules that literally like she made a rule that we needed during a bar hustle like she wanted to change how the bar hustle was done and then she um and I was like but that's a dirty hustle you can't do that like like she knew nothing she'd never been a sex worker but she thought she knew it's the bar hustle how you come up and hit on guys uh-huh. and kind of try to get yes. a client yes and Thank she you. wanted to change the whole way we did it and I was like no I get to decide mm-hmm. and this is how it's done and what you are proposing is actually a dirty hustle but then she somehow convinced the owner, well, let's try it her way. I was yeah. like, Jesus Christ. Well, and it's a huge issue because, like you said, you were given the authority over right. the sex worker or the mm-hmm. workers and how it all. And I said, like, we were in Tea Party one time. This is the, the, the one Dee Dee hated that I had in office because it was right across from the cashier's window. Mm-hmm. And I could hear what was going on if my door was open. And I don't think she liked that I could... Right. monitor what was going on so like her sabotaging the you know putting all the painting supplies and stuff so i couldn't use my office appropriately and what have you um there was okay so we were having tea party and doctoring is done on site and what doctoring is is every week we get tested and they have a, a state approved provider that comes on site and so we were using the one of the massage rooms that had a massage table and Mm -hmm. basically that was our medical table that we had our pelvic exams done and everything and we're in tea party and it was during the renovations and so on and i was like you know you're not filling my office up with storage we're not doing that again and they were talking about moving the exam table into another room and um i was like no that's not going to work because the room you're trying to move it into was basically the BDSM room, which I was remodeling Mm -hmm. another sabotage. So, you know, I said, technically it can be used in there. Um, but we can't doctor in the BDSM room because it's too dark. And, um, the, you know, Gail, who did our blood work and stuff, was having a hard enough time seeing our veins <laughs> in the massage room to draw our blood and so on that some girls were dungeon. so afraid of Gail and the needle and not being able to see our veins that they would literally drive to Vegas just to have their blood work done in a well-lit facility. Yeah. Okay? And I was like, we cannot put it into this dark room to do doctoring in there. <laughs> and they were like, well, then let's put it in Tori's office. Right. I was like, seriously? So 
we were trying as sex workers to explain the logic of why that can't be done in any other space, why that exam table needed to stay in that space. And she wanted to take the table out to make more room to generate room and board to put one more girl in. That makes sense. Mm -hmm. Okay. So I saw where this was going. It was to make money off the room and board by creating a party room, making it into one of the girls' rooms um, and not make it a massage room for all the girls to use. So um, one thing led to another. And so Dee Dee, bless her sweet heart, um, was like, oh, well, then we'll just have Gail come into each of your rooms to do the blood work. and Which, you know, you have to carry all the, the like, right. it's not a sanitary, like, uh and then at one point, and we're all in the room kind of talking, and she was like, well, I don't understand why you even need the table for doctoring. <laughs> do you not understand the test we have to do? <laughs> and I, I, me and another girl, like, our jaws dropped because she literally admitted she doesn't even know what happens behind that door when we're doctoring. Yeah. Can I just but be she's graphic in charge since of I have the this paperwork for like doctoring. Sport, right? um, <laughs> let me tell you what. Okay, one of my favorite people in the whole wide world. Oh, my God. So, River, she's actually a friend of mine in real life. Mm-hmm. And we had a conversation about going to Nevada. So, she and I worked at different brothels. But she had come to work at the brothel when I became madam and to give it a tour. So she's sitting like off to the side in a different chair. And she literally, we all looked at each other like the woman in charge of our paperwork doesn't even know that pelvic exams are happening. Like how does a woman get into her mid thirties and not have a gynecological pelvic exam in her entire life let alone know that inside a brothel, we do that every week. So right. literally, River scooched down her chair, legs out. She's got long legs for days. And her legs went up. She goes, because we have to do this. Like she gave a demo. I about had my soda go out my nose. I laughed so hard. And I went to the owner. I said, listen, when you hire people that know nothing about sex work or let alone female anatomy and what goes on behind closed doors for our doctoring and stuff. I said, I'm alarmed. Yeah. I am very alarmed that you have somebody in charge who knows nothing Yeah. about what we do, why we do it, how we do it, uh, what is involved in that, but you're going to put them in charge. Yeah. And, and I, I was just stunned. I mean, this was just leading up to my final, like, that's it way too many safety issues not on my watch i'm not gonna have my name attached to safety issues Mm -hmm. it is an ongoing problem it was an ongoing problem at the last house i I was at i didn't my hands were a bit tied because i wasn't in a managerial position there i had training privileges and so on but when i went to alien cat house i got to call the shots but yet the owner didn't understand that when you've got somebody who is literally incapable of understanding what we do and what goes into it and didn't even understand the fundamentals, 
I just said, this is, this is not okay. Yeah. Like, you either need to put me fully in charge and not give her the authority to undermine or override or anything, or I'm just spinning my wheels here. Mm-hmm. And I'm not here to spin my wheels. So he shorted me out of three months of pay. He pulled a fast one on me. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. Um, I'm pretty pissed about it. And he also um, had some ethics issues. I'll just leave it at that. Um, but he he liked particular girls and, um, yeah, would pursue them. Interesting. So, and mm-hmm. would it be the similar to what I've heard about Dennis Hoff where he would expect uh, it's, yep. it for free? And not on my watch. No, you are not doing that. You are not exploiting these girls, period. And if they tell you no and then you make their life miserable because they told you no, but you're going to gaslight me and say, oh, no, no, that never happened. But then I actually get proof that it's happening and you gaslighted me the whole time because I said this is not okay. No, I'm not going to have somebody gaslight me and say, oh, no, I never did that. And then find out later they really did. Just uh, generic or uh, generically, what are we talking here to like this? Like, uh, come over. Owners like to get their dicks wet. But like, do I come over and say like, how, how does, how does, you know, do I say something really inappropriate? Like, how did it go down? So some of the girls that have been there before me said, hey, you need to know that the owner uh, likes to do this, this, and this. Totally inappropriate stuff. And I go back to the owner and say, hey. Can you, get, do you mind? Or what, what are you, because we're talking. Oh, it, you know, there. Is it like he likes blowjobs or what? There are certain things that he would cater to certain girls to favoritism, but it was like a reciprocity thing. Basically. Okay, so like yeah. I get you more money and yeah, there he would. He, it was unfortunately, and I actually was becoming a bit uneasy with him in private. Like I didn't put myself in a position to be behind closed doors because not only do you have to be good you have to look good so if we had meetings the door was open yeah. or i insisted on having a third party sit in on that meeting i was never alone with him because i didn't want impropriety to be accused of me even if no impropriety happened sure, right sure. so sense. like me being careful like i am <laughs> all about like um not only do you have to be good you have to look good like i am not going to participate in impropriety. And so I was trying to get across to him that like, um, if the illusion of impropriety is feeding the rumor mill, stop right. putting yourself in a position for impropriety. And he's like, oh, well, I just went into a room to fix the TV and now, you know, they're just, you know, just ignore it. It never happened and so on. Well, I found out it was happening and uh, um, could prove it. Let's just put it that way. I could prove it. And when I said, under no circumstances, am I going to have my name, my reputation um, in this situation, I could be colluding with you in this. Right. And I won't even have a meeting with you behind closed doors in private because of the appearance of impropriety. So why would I 
just turn a blind eye to actual impropriety. Mm-hmm. And that's not okay, you know? So he would say things in tea parties that were inappropriate, and he'd say them to me. And I'd look at him and say something back and like... Can you give me an example? Um, he, he was very flirty, very like improper, you know? Yeah. And like, oh, the tits on that one or something like that? No, he wouldn't be rude and crude. Okay. But he would direct things at me. And he would like, you know, he'd be watching me and stuff and I'm I'm talking or whatever. And and so at one point, like one day I was like, okay, I'm done talking now. You know, like pass the baton. Somebody else can talk. And I had been gone. I had like taken a break and... Um, had been off for a few days and I was like, um, I bet y'all miss me. I was like making a joke about, you know, cause I'm a very talkative person, you know, I was like, I bet y'all miss me. And he was like, you have no idea how much we miss you when you're gone. Some of us miss you more than others. I'm mm. like, ew, cringe. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. no. Yeah. And it was just. But then other times he was just perfectly proper. But another time I had gone next door to the travel center to go buy a soda and some chips and stuff. We can go, we can go and grab stuff next door and we just have to let people know when we're going off site mm-hmm. for our safety. So um, this particular day I was wearing cow pajamas, like a big onesie, mm-hmm. <laughs> cow ears and everything. And I'd gone next door because it's like, I could just throw that on over my lingerie and not have to change entire outfits. So, like, that was, like, my cover-up. But I would go over in this this um, outfit, and I was standing at the register, and he had an office at the travel center. And I don't know what he was on that day, but, like, he came up behind me and was, like, you know, like, up on my neck. <laughs> yeah. And like try, to try to scare me or just startle me or whatever. And I don't have a startle reflex. I was married to a next night, like a sniper. Like I don't jump. I'm not flighty. And I was like, what the fuck? And the girls that were at the register were like, oh my God, we have never seen him act like that. And I was just like, I felt uncomfortable. Cause like that was just too, uh, hmm. Like, it just, no. Yeah. And so then I'm standing in front of people going, well, what do they have going on? You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. And they're like, we've never seen him like that. He he really likes you. I've never seen him so playful. I'm like, I neither. And I would say, neither have I. Like, uh, I, I, whatever he's on, mm-hmm. you know, he was out of character that day. But he'd do it in front of people. Um, which in some ways was covering my ass, but it also was like making me look inappropriate. So when we would have meetings, I, I actually, I shouldn't say this, but I actually started recording them just to CYA. Yeah. Uh, because he would say something to me, but then turn around and gaslight me and say, no, I never said that. Yeah. Maybe we can look into it. I'm sure it's legal in Nevada though. Oh, it's I know legal it is. in most states. No, it's, it's legal. Well, I mean, they do it in the brothels. They do it in the brothels. Yes. So, yeah. They're already recording. I'm just... Right enhancing it but here's the interesting thing so i was years ago studying to go to law school um i know about protecting myself and my rights and so on there are i think at this point 
unless laws have changed since I last looked, there's 12 states that are two-party states where both parties need to know that a recording is happening. But because the precedent has already been set that they're already recording in there. But here's the thing. Um, the American Disabilities Act, the ADA, offers protections for enhanced note-taking. Yeah. Which includes recordings. Yeah. So... I fall under that category. I have ADHD. If I want to record something just so I can recall from memory or to, to make sure I got all the details. My ex-husband had a brain injury, so we would record sometimes just to make sure that he was able to get all the details and not yeah. miss things. So um, I had already thoroughly researched recording, and that's a federal law that overrides any state. Mm -hmm. Enhanced note-taking. Yeah. So... Um, much like you know me working independently, I tow the line. Um, but my fallback is if I'm recording porn, it's legal in all 50 states. So That's a federal right. law protecting all 50 states overrides a state law. And so I recorded. Mm -hmm. I created paper trails and emails, and I did timestamps. I documented timestamps. I would like take my phone, and when something would happen, I would jot down the time and the location of the, something that happened, you should see how many notes I have with conflicts that happened or things that went down that needed to be reviewed on the cameras. I would, you know, I would email them and say, hey, this just went down about 15 minutes ago. Check the parlor um, cameras at 2.52 p.m. Um, this manager acted completely inappropriately. Like I was the eyes and ears when he wasn't there mm -hmm. so that he could go look at the cameras and decide, you know, what the truth was. But, <clears throat> but yeah, I covered my ass similarly. Um, and I did that with certain girls um, because there was no surveillance inside the room. Sometimes the girls will um, come into your room under one pretense, but then it would turn into some sort of antagonistic thing. So I wouldn't meet the girls in my room without a door open or, mm -hmm. or whatever. There was always some sort of witness, if you will, yeah. um, to, to cover my ass. Um, because I couldn't always count on management. Um, for all I knew, the cameras weren't working or whatever. You know what I'm saying? Like sometimes sure. the cameras weren't working. The, the thing at Sagebrush, I was like, look at the cameras. And they're like, we can't. I was like, I specifically had this conversation at the cashier window, and you're telling me even the cashier window wasn't under surveillance? What the fuck? Right. That's where money is exchanged. Like, don't tell me cameras weren't working. Either you don't want the evidence to be seen, or you never got the evidence to begin with. So which is it? Right. So, yeah, I challenged a lot of the things that, unfortunately happened but also understand like my heart is still in the work it's in serving the clients i hold some of my greatest friendships with these girls that that i worked with i love them mm -hmm. i i still keep in touch with them um i have huge respect we for were them. gonna like, meet up with one that you that we've sorry that i've interviewed yeah, yeah that's yeah um, May, I think. Is oh yeah, she and I are best friends. Yeah. Um, we have a, we have a funny sto story about. I'm her legal guardian. Like when she had surgery, um, 
out, you know, she went on, on off tour and I went to Colorado to take care of her after the surgery. Mm-hmm. Um, we were roommates at one point, but we knew each other in Colorado before going out to um, uh, Nevada. So, like, yeah, she's, like, one of my best friends in the whole wide world. Yeah. They did her dirty. She came in uh, during a slow season, and she was there for, like, two weeks. And it was too slow, and they had too many girls, and there was not enough, quote-unquote, to go around. Mm-hmm. She still booked, in my opinion. I, she actually booked better than I did that particular week. Um, she booked better than I did. But they waited until she had packed out, put some of her stuff on site in storage. She hopped on a plane, went home. Then they texted her to say, don't bother coming back. Your numbers aren't good enough. Now, they could have told her so she could have packed her things differently and brought all her belongings home. But when they did her dirty was when she said, okay, well, what about my stuff? Can you give my stuff to Tori? Mm -hmm. They would not let me take her stuff even with her in, instructing them to let me have possession of her belongings. So those belongings are gone, lost. She would have to literally go from another state and fly in to get her stuff that she could have just as well packed in an extra suitcase or something. Um, they won't give it back. They won't give it to me. They won't give it to her. She physically has to come there to get it. Hmm. That's bullshit. Yeah. That is absolute bullshit. Right. And d- just if your numbers aren't good, the numbers are because traffic was bad, not because the girl wasn't booking. Mm-hmm. My numbers were worse. That particular week happened to be a slow week for me too. But she booked maybe one or two more parties than I did. So she technically booked better than I did, but they still let her go. And I told them, I was like, what you did to May was not okay. Yeah. That's my friend. And if you can't give me her stuff that she has instructed you in writing, verbally and in writing, and you're refusing to give it, you're just being an asshole. Mm-hmm. You're being malicious and this is retribution and it's not okay. And that was, you know, around the time that I was like, I'm done, I'm out of here. And I went, I took a break. I packed out some of my stuff, left it there. Yeah. Um, they made me go physically go get it, you know, that type of thing, which I plan to do anyway. Sure. But when I got there, even though I had not done them wrong, I had not done them dirty, I had always acted professionally, I actually quietly took my break. Um, and then that's when, that's another story. Well, when I went to go get it, they would not look me in the eye. In fact, they weren't even going to let me go inside the threshold of the brothel to get my stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, I showed up. We rang the bell. And they wouldn't even let us inside to get our stuff. They they were like rolling it out. I said, listen, I have to use the restroom. I literally drove eight hours to get here to get my stuff. I need to pee. Are you telling me I can't come on site? And they were like, well, let's go ask head boss. And head boss was like, yeah, she can come in. You know, like it was the lower level ones that were like, no, we're not even going to let them come in. We're Mm -hmm. just going to, we're going to see if that just creates a confrontation because we would love nothing more than to assert our power and authority. And I was like, let me pee. Right. Right. (laughs) Like, why do you got to be petty? Seriously. Seriously. 
So it's just like I had never done anything. In fact, I had saved their skin so many times. Um, like that one particular shift manager, one day she's like, I'm going to miss my bonus if I don't make it, you know, if we don't book another $100. So I was like, I just took $100 out of my pocket and I said, let's just report this as a tip so she could make her bonus, mm -hmm. which actually... I had to share that tip 50% with, like, I literally paid $50 so she could make her bonus. Yeah. I mean, I would do things like that. It's like, oh, I could see it really matters to her. It's going to make a difference for her. She was caring for an elderly parent. I was like, of course. I mean, 50 bucks to me, no big deal. But she was also my same age, and she'd make snide comments because she made an hourly wage plus bonuses, but I was making thousands an hour in some yeah. cases. Same age? What is that? She was the same age as I. Oh, same, same age. Same age. I misheard you. Yeah, same age. She and I were the same age. And she was like, well, it must be nice mm. to make that kind of money. I can't, I can't make that money at this age, but I don't know how you're doing it, you know. <laughs> well, you're looking a little rough, honey, and that might be why. <laughs> but still. You good on time? Cool. Cool. I'm totally fine. Um, I was going to ask, um, so you mentioned, uh, and we don't have to like get again like, too into specifics or whatever, but I, I was just curious as we, I feel like this is a good way to put a bow on that, that yeah. one story you were telling about your frustrations in the alien cat house. Uh -huh. Um, I'm, I'm guessing he didn't respond well to you being what I would say, I think your communication style is direct. Very. And uh, you know what's funny is as a, um, like, as a man talking to other men, I, I have an issue with being very direct because when I've been really direct with males in my past, like um, like a coach or like a, a, a figure that's, like, raising you, um, they, like, get in your fucking face and, like, you can talk like that to me? Yeah. And so, um, from a, that's from a male's perspective though. Right. So for me, yeah. um, <clears throat> I am direct, but I also articulate things. I explain, hold on a second. <clears throat> no problem. <clears throat> Happens. I'll on take that over from, I'll take it from the top here in a minute. Yeah, no problem. <clears throat> so, um, so you were, I was asking you about being direct and oh, God, in that yes. final meeting. Um, tell hmm. me, tell me if you can just touch on maybe how people responded to you being direct. I feel like you're very, a direct communicator, but then also let's uh, talk about how that last meeting went. And then I think we can start to maybe wrap up with some big picture ideas. Well, the last meeting actually was a few weeks before I walked out. Okay. Okay. I understood. So the last meeting was, why don't you like Dee Dee? And I was like, I like her just fine, but I have some issues with her performance okay. and decision making. And, you know, she's mean girl and mm -hmm. it's unnecessary and uncalled for. And so the owner said, okay, fine. He said, um, it was literally two days before the launch of our YouTube channel that I had worked 15 different episodes and did all filming and like we were like crunch time and he was like no more youtube channel then i was like what the fuck i worked my ass off 
And it was just kind of one of those retribution fine. Um, if you can't figure out how to accommodate this problem employee, then I'm not going to do the YouTube channel. And I was like, but when he said that, I just looked at him and I said, okay, because really it's his loss. Mm -hmm. It's his loss. Right. It's a lot of work on your part. On your part. Right. Which I can recoup later. Sure. Which I will. Sure. <laughs> There's that. <laughs> I can prove all the work I did yeah. and how it just just fizzled out. And so we were supposed to have a meeting about um, the numbers mm -hmm. of the previous three months, and he wouldn't even show up for that meeting. Wow. So he literally just ripped me off on three months of, of mm -hmm. and salary and bonuses and so on. Yeah. And so, you know, he wouldn't respond to my emails. He basically was done. But here's the thing. I was on to him. I was getting too close to his secrets. I was, he knew that I could expose him. And I became a liability. So his avoidance pattern. But he would yeah. notoriously say to me anytime we would have a meeting, bullet points, Tori, bullet points. And I said, this is not a bullet points industry. I can't go in and give you one sentence and save time about very important issues. You need to know why it's important, who it's important for, um, what the consequences would be if you go this route versus another route, what are the pros and cons. So yes, I'm a direct, but I'm a big picture thinker. And I articulate that. And I also explain, okay, this is important because X, Y, and Z. Mm -hmm. This is good for you because X, Y, and Z. This is good for everyone because X, Y, and Z. However, there's some liabilities of X, Y, and Z. In other words, I approach it from every angle. And he was just like, just give me the bullet point. Okay, so I am direct, but I would not parse it down to one or two sentences. I would explain and educate mm -hmm. why you need to know this thing. Because he's never been a sex worker. Right. The shift manager apparently has never even had a pelvic exam, let alone <laughs> done sex work. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I'm like, y'all need to get on board and understand how important this is and why you need to take this seriously. Okay? If you choose not to do it, I at least have informed you of all the variables so you can make an informed decision. If that is a decision that you want to make, that's on you. But now we're getting into territory where I'm not going to have my name aligned with improprieties right. and unethical things because then my ass is in hot water. And at the end of the day, if you are not taking care of those girls, then we're going to have a problem. If you are putting them at risk, we're going to have a problem. And I had a problem with that. Yeah. And it was a, a variety of things. And that death by a thousand paper cuts, I would tell him, listen, when you have a manager that, that nitpicks and micromanages all day, and we're independent contractors, you can't micromanage us. But when you have a manager that 
knows that you just put your lingerie and the delicate cycle in the washing machine and while you were in a party decided to help and throw all your lingerie hundreds if not thousands of dollars worth of stuff we need for our job and put it on the high cycle in the dryer she knows damn well what she's doing she is ruining my lingerie on purpose when i can't intercept it so from now on no more touching the washer and dryer if it is not your own damn laundry you don't touch it (coughs) you're not gonna help somebody by putting in the dryer okay so that's like one of the rules i made was like nobody's allowed to touch somebody else's laundry if it's in the way then take it out and put it into these baskets that are labeled for that you can get it out of the way but you are not to process it in any way you are not to run it in the washer you're not to run it in the dryer but when i came out of that party and I went to get my my lingerie so I can air dry it and hang it it was already cooking off in the dryer she was like oh but I was helping no you know damn well what you were doing okay so when you're dealing with that backhandedness and 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 so on like you had to literally see everything from every angle and every possible form of sabotage to prevent somebody from having that power to do that yeah they didn't like that i could outsmart them yeah and it's really what it was they were too dumb to be able to outsmart anybody so like when the one manager got fired because she was caught on camera sending people <laughs> to this one girl's room and not doing lineups and stuff and basically saying Oh, well, Tori's not here today when I was, but I wasn't there to overhear the conversation. When that review of all the surveillance footage and so on revealed what was going on, I'm like, see, I tried to tell you. I tried to tell you something fishy was going on, couldn't put my finger on it. I knew that the other manager was talking smack about me and misaligning conversations and stuff. And I would just say, go check the cameras. To the point that I had timestamps in my phone notes and everything of shit that went down that may come back <laughs> right. later. And I'd go, oh yeah, um, you're talking about something that happened last Tuesday? Hold on a second, let me get you a timestamp. You can go review the cameras. I had to cover my ass all the time. So they, they were too dumb to like really fully execute these, these manipulations because I was outsmarting them with the timestamps and documenting things and and in the case of you know like the text that accidentally got sent to me instead of the owner you know like there's my proof it's like y'all are dumbasses you really are like you can't outsmart a hoe seriously we're smart yeah like you cannot outsmart somebody who who is a sex worker We've been hustled, we've been, we've been manipulated. We, we have dealt with so many people in our lives from childhood all the way up yeah. that have done us wrong. So we're always gonna be CYA and, and so on. Um, but we're pretty damn smart. Yeah, and I wanna get back to that. I've, you are brilliant. 
and I'm not like I like I'm Thank just you. saying that to you because like in many different ways uh you are brilliant you've shown me in many different ways I mean uh you sent me a picture of the white house oh uh, you at the white house yes we can, <laughs> we can display that right now I guess I'll have that in yeah. post-production but um you know you obviously know what you're doing and you've talked about your your mm-hmm. education in past episodes and stuff so I want to get get back uh to to that um but I just wanted to uh, make sure I got to, um, you said, I wanted to give you the opportunity to tell the story. You said you quietly took my break. That's another story. Did you want to tell that story? or? I quietly took my break? Yeah, I was trying to, I wrote oh, that down. Oh, when I so left could, Sagebrush? Are you talking about that? Yeah, you're like, that's another story. And I'm only bringing it up in case you wanted to say Oh, yeah. It. So what happened Sorry. was, yes, thank yeah. you for bringing that back around i listen (laughs) so um yes you do i i you're good at what you do i just have to tell you that thank you you're brilliant too so um i appreciate your kind compliments yeah so what happened was um shit was going down at at sagebrush and i was just like you know what i need to step away from this okay i don't need to be marinating in this stress Mm -hmm. all this he said she said people not doing their jobs people not caring whatever um I need to step away. And I literally had been working full-time on-site for months by that point. And I said, um, it's time for me to take a break. And um, they're like, but, but, and I said, no buts. Yeah, like I have literally been working my ass off for months. It's time for me to take a break. And yeah. with everything that's going on, I'll just come back when the dust settles. So. It's all the same to you. Um, count me out for a week, but I'll call you in a week and let you know, because I need time to think. I need time to contemplate. I need peace. I need to be out in nature. I need to, I need to not rush anything right now. So I'm gonna go and I'm gonna have a road trip. I'm gonna go with one of my coworkers. We're gonna we we planned like a photo shoot with a photographer out in Utah. Like we had this all mapped out. Okay. So we hit the road and we were in no hurry. We literally only drove a couple of hours and then we stopped for the night, okay? We were not in a hurry. And um, so we stopped, I think in, uh, oh God, what's the, the nuclear area? The Area 51. No, 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 um, we were right by Area 51. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know the nuclear. I'm sorry. And I should because I just talked to somebody about the nuclear energy subject. I'll but... think of it here in a minute. Yeah. Um, my brain just went boop. Anyway, it's it's a military installation, yeah. and we stopped the night there. Mm-hmm. You know. And then we went further down the road, and we stopped at an old brothel that had been converted into a bed and breakfast. Stayed the night there. Mm-hmm. So by the time the third day, we still hadn't even gotten to Vegas yet. <laughs> okay, we were going to stop in Vegas. Well, word got out that, because we were posting pictures online of where we were going and what we were doing and all the adventures and, um, and so on. And so the girls were watching and they were like, oh, they're heading down to Vegas. They could see our route based on the locations we had stopped at. And they were like, oh, they're heading down to Vegas. Well, word got down the road that since we were heading that way, what happened was Sagebrush apparently called Alien Cat House and said, hey, if Tori and Paige stop by, don't hire them. We want them to come back. 
which basically announced we have very valuable assets heading your way. So do us a favor and don't steal them from us. So the owner reached out to Paige, who used to work there, and said, hey, why don't you guys stop in and just take, take a look around, see, see if you like it. Because um, Paige worked there when a different problem manager was there who was no longer there at that point. Um, and he just invited us to stop in and just, you know, kind of see what the climate was. And I stopped in and, and he, he came in the next morning. Uh, we got in kind of like on a Saturday night. Well, Sunday morning he was in the office having to sit front and center and go, hey, I've been getting a lot of phone calls about you guys. And I was like, what? They were like, um, yeah, my phone's been ringing off the hook since you guys left Sagebrush. They're afraid that you're going to walk and not go back. And he said, and what that tells me is that it's their loss and my gain. What do you say you come work here? Mm. This is what I want to do. And I said, well, I'm not going to work anywhere where there's going to be safety issues and blah, blah, blah. And so I need to know that you're going to take these things seriously with it being a smaller house, blah, blah, blah. I, you know, as long as I can have a direct conversation with you and not have to go through six different layers to have somebody with the authority to make decisions or to make changes. Right. And then he was like, oh, yeah, this is the girl that solves problems and creates, you know, like, so, um, a week or two after I got there, he said, um, I have a plan for you. He was like kind of foreshadowing. He was already deciding to, to make me mad him. He was like, I have a plan for you. And I was like, what is it? He goes, you'll know in the right time. You know, I was like, don't do that to me. Like, mm -hmm. just be direct with me. Like, don't hint at things. And then one day we were supposed to have a meeting and the girl that got, the lady that got fired, she like sabotaged it. And I was just, I was just a little pissed off about it. And again, check the cameras because this happened at this time. And I he called for a meeting with him and he was like, well, you were just asking the wrong person. I was like, you should not have people in charge who don't know the answer to the question. So I would challenge him and right. say, you are really fucking up, sir. Mm -hmm. <laughs> when you give incompetent people the power and authority to fuck things up even more. And that's basically about that point where he was like, okay, this is what I have planned for you. I want you to be the madam. And I'm like, floored. I was like, what? what? Yeah. Like... I literally, at that point, oh my goodness, <laughs> Big Daddy just sent me a nude photo. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's okay. We have to hey, talk baby. About, yes, we, we do. We Daddy. do have to talk about Big Daddy. There is that too. He's so sweet. He's sexy. Mm. <laughs> so, so anyway, um, I would challenge him, and I would basically endorse and encourage making changes that would ultimately help him in the end, okay? He was going to benefit greatly from mm -hmm. these ideas and, and approaches and changes and so on. But I also noticed that he would hesitate on spending money. Now, he would talk about all the money he was spending, but when it came down to, like, 
that brothel actually allowed smoking in the parlor. So sometimes, you know, six truckers would come in and they're all smoking like chimneys, you know, and it's wafting into our rooms. And I said, listen, some of these girls, like one of the girls was actually allergic to menthol cigarettes and would have like a bad reaction. So I was like, either put her all the way down the damn hall, like as far away from the parlor as possible, but you got her literally right off the parlor and she's suffering and you, this is affecting people's health. So I said, let's get a commercial grade air purifier, which makes sense. I found one they normally were like, and this is medical grade, okay? It could take care of the whole facility and it was a certain price, but I was able to find it cheaper, but still the same thing. And it was right around when things are amping up for Christmas and so on. This is like around September. I was like, we need air purifiers in here. And um, I researched it. I, he said, send me link. I sent him the link. And the link was actually on Amazon. Oh, nice. And they had like a $200 off type thing. And I was, you know, saving him money. Well, he didn't jump on that $200 off. And I was like, hey, did you? Oh, I forgot. Okay, but I just told you we have people with actual medical necessity for this to be in our brothel. I'll get it. No worries. Well, the next week I'm like, where's the air purifier? And he was like, oh, well, um, so-and-so said that I could get a cheaper one somewhere else. I said, listen, there is a reason why we needed that specific one. This is medical grade. What they're talking about is down at Home Depot, and yeah, it's going to save you money, but it's not going to do the job. So you're just going to throw money away. So I'm like redirecting him to the logic and saying, I need you to trust me that I know what I'm doing, and here it is. Well, by the time I left, he had still not ordered it. I had ordered one for my own room. Other girls had ordered ones for their rooms because we got tired of waiting. Mm-hmm. And that's really how he saved the money by putting the burden on us to, to spend the money for our own space. And I was pissed at him. I, and I was like, he was like, I'll just put more plants in the brothel. He wanted to put like plants to purify the air. I looked at him and I said, are you fucking serious? You want to fill this brothel up full of plants instead of buying an air purifier in a smoking facility <laughs> with girls who actually are suffering because of the smoke inhalation. Right. And we were also undergoing renovations. So we had paint fumes, we had construction dust. And he was like, one time, you know, we were talking about the, the construction dust and all the tarps and the paint and the fumes and the noise and everything. And I was like, this is why we need an air purifier. He goes, why would I buy an air purifier if I'm going to have to replace the filters so soon with all this construction dust? And I looked at him and I said, are you, I literally, I, are you fucking serious? This is exactly why we need the air purifier because of construction dust, because of paint fumes, because of all of these things that are going on. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. And he was so health conscious. Like he was all about eating naturally and working out and like and and like he would 
tell us how to get rid of migraines by soaking almonds in water overnight, eating only three of them. Like, it was like weird shit, right? He was like Mr. Health Guru. Yeah. Okay. Without getting too specific, this person was very successful. Am I wrong? Oh, God. Multi-millionaire. Yeah. Multi, 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 multi. Very wealthy. Very wealthy. Um, and he could afford it. Mm-hmm. But he never ordered it. Right. And we never saw the plants either. <laughs> so there's that. Yeah, and I, yeah. It's like it was just lip service. It was just mm-hmm. to, you know, okay, I'll do it. Right. Okay, uh, well, I'm not doing it because of this reason. Or I'm not doing it because the filters will clog up faster yeah. if we do it during construction. Yeah. It was stuff like that. It's like if you can't take care of your people, mm-hmm. you're going to send us home with construction dust in our lungs? Is that okay with you? No, it's not okay with me. That's why I spent hundreds of dollars to have an air purifier in my own damn room. Because if you're not going to take care of us, I'm going to take care of us. I think he was just kind of looking at it like, how long, how far can I push these women? Yeah. Oh, God, yes. You know? Oh, yes. Um, so, yeah, I was direct. And to that but... point, this is going to be, this is brilliant because I'm going to be able to wrap up a few, like three of my points that I've got written here pretty well. We mentioned, I mentioned again, you know, you're brilliant, but it sounds like there's a lot of drug use, maybe even mental Ooh. illness. Yeah. And look, so, I look. I want to be very clear. Yeah. I think we should legalize all drugs. I do. Too. I want to try all drugs. I I had this guy on my show that um, I don't want to try like the synthetic forms of drugs, but the the natural forms of drugs like coca leaf. You know, yeah. try to chew on a coca leaf. Try coca mm-hmm. tea. Um, he's going to start. Get back to our roots of how we discovered these drugs to begin with. Right. Thank you very much. Yeah. So I'm down <laughs> with all that and I'm not, uh, I am not stigmatizing these people. This show is all about civil liberties and yes. I think people should have the right to do all those things. I'm just saying it's something I've heard time and time again where like ODs happen and, um, yeah. it, like, you, like we've talked about in the past, there is checks so that drugs don't get in because obviously that's a concern (laughs) Mm -hmm. but people people will get around it so i guess what i'm asking you is to to kind of put a bow on a few of my different points here um with you know some like drug use and like mental (laughs) illness and and everything else and like you're you've got your head on your shoulders and like but like what for people that are tuning in right now and and i and i hope that when we release this series it's very helpful for for the people that might mm-hmm. be considering going into sex work because I believe sex work should be legal. I just don't know yeah. that Nevada is the way to do it. Or 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 maybe how about this that Nevada has a lot of room to improve. We'll yes. Spin it in and and way. I believe I when we left off on the last episode, I I agreed with that. Yeah. You know, there's there's there needs to be oversight and accountability yeah. and there needs needs to be kind of a universal standard because what happens in one county won't be allowed in another county like it needed to be very the same across the board okay because each county makes their own rules and and so on like at sagebrush i could do an outdate and go out to dinner anywhere within the state lines but at alien cat house i wasn't allowed to leave the facility Mm -hmm. okay so back to the whole you know the drugs thing um kind of funny story serious but it's kind of funny one girl tried to have cocaine shipped in and it was intercepted because she didn't know because it was her first tour she didn't know that we have to open our packages in front of management 
even Amazon packages, anything that's obviously from Amazon, we still have to open it. And it's like, we make a joke about it. It's like, oh, you know, it's Christmas today because Tori just ordered a whole bunch of shit. And one time a big box truck rolled up to deliver my shit because I ordered so much shit one time. But we had to open everything in front of staff um, because A, we had to retrieve the box from staff and then we had to open it and so on. So this one girl mistakenly thought that she could slip some packets of cocaine in the mail and had somebody ship it to her and, and they this, intercepted it. Is this why you think maybe they check packages? Oh like, yeah, for sure. Okay. Yeah. Um, contraband gets smuggled in all the time, you know, and I don't object to that. Okay. You want to see what I ordered from Amazon? Let's have it. Okay. Cause I don't have anything to hide. Right. I don't do shady shit like if i'm gonna if i'm gonna um snort coke i'm gonna be the first one to announce it you know what i'm saying like i'm like oh we're 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 bumping this weekend you know that kind of thing like i'm honest to a fault right but i like to be clear-headed in the brothels it is a safety issue for me and for everybody around me so if i'm going to partake if you will it will be in my off time with trusted people and not in a working capacity right okay so when people book me and they're like well can you bring some party favors uh no okay i'm not going to judge you if you bring your own you could do it before or after but you're not going to put me in a precarious position where I might get arrested because you're a dumbass and you've got it on you and I'm in the presence of you. Right. Okay? Let's just be clear here. Um trust me, I can handle a coke dick. I know what to do with a coke <laughs> dick. Okay? But I'm not going to help you get that coke dick. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay, so there's that. So, drugs are prevalent in the sense that Many people that come into the industry do it out of desperation. They are nearing homelessness, already homeless, whatever the case may be. Um, Maybe they have uh, a drug addiction and they need to feed it with that kind of cash flow. Okay. I know one girl, she had a gambling addiction. She made six figures a year, but it all went to the casinos. Okay. It feeds a lifestyle, whatever that lifestyle is. For me, my lifestyle is I love to travel. I love to eat good. I do not, I do not miss meals, okay? Um, but I like when, like back in, what was it, March? I had a client fly in, paid me $1,700 so I can eat a $300 steak, dinner date. Not a bad deal. Exactly. I didn't even fuck them. You know what I'm saying? Oh, wow. <laughs> like, there's that. Hey. Um, yes, we had fun. Yes, things got, you know, heavy petting, whatever. I mean, there was fun. Sure. But it wasn't, that wasn't the point. It was he wanted to have the companionship. He wanted to go f- eat fine meal. He wanted to make sure... I, I could order whatever I wanted, and he paid me for my time mm-hmm. to oh, eat yeah. that meal and to fully enjoy my Wagyu steak, yeah. you know? So, yeah. like, so there is an appeal. Mm-hmm. So I do it because I desire it. I'm not desperate, okay? So you have two camps of people, and in my training, I could figure out what motivated 
each of these girls before their mouth even opened to to admit the truth or whatever. Okay? You could tell who was there out of desperation. You can tell who was there out of desire. The desperation camp was a bigger camp. Yeah, gotcha. Okay? So some got into it, and they missed the money. So even if they leave, I just had a former co-worker... Uh, texted me last night and said, I'm now, you know, in, across the country. Um, I am now with my family. I have a regular job, but God, I miss the money. I miss the home money, you know? And But she's trying to walk the straight and narrow, even though she was doing it legally and everything. She, stepping away from sex work is often hard because the cash flow is so different. And it doesn't feed the lifestyle like we had 24-7 drivers and we had chefs that were making our meals. And, you know, that's it's, it's a great gig in that sense. But not everybody can survive it. And some people, I witnessed one girl who had been in it for years. She was one of the top bookers. I'm not going to say her name and I hope nobody who watches it can make any associations. But I literally watched her lay on the floor crying about how she hates this work and can't stand to do it another day and was suicidal over it. And you know what management did? Propped her back upright and said, get back on the floor. They said, basically, maybe you should take some time off. Um, Maybe you should call a therapist, but um, you're going to be here tomorrow, right? That to me is, is, mm-mm, no, I, I, mm, it's really bothersome. So mentally, there is a mental wear and tear that happens in this type of work. Um, I'm very good in, at being boundaried, but some of these men come in and they're, they're fucking disrespectful and they're nasty and they'll try to stealth you and, you know, like you're constantly on edge. I would turn away more people than I would book. You would be surprised how many people did not meet my standards because they were either disrespectful, they were entitled, they were, they would bypass consent. The moment that they would show those behaviors, I would, I would walk them and let another girl have a chance to maybe book them, but I wouldn't book them. See, I'm worried. I, that's, I'm not, I want to say I worry about other girls though. Yeah. well, I would give them a heads don't up. Don't know those. Okay. I, they, they knew if but, I walked somebody. But now that you, like, there's now a good that you're reason. Either they had too. no money, because mm-hmm. trust me, I can help them find money. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Anybody that comes in and says, "Oh, I have two hundred dollars," I can ten times that. I can help them find it. Now, I'm not going to exploit them in the process, but if they really want what they want, they're going to find the money. Mm-hmm. That's the thing. However. Some girls, like one time, this very same girl, really a good booker. She's been in it years. I, I could learn so much from her, and I did. But I also learned that she had just basically clocked out mentally on it, but she also made it her identity. So one day... Can I ask you off the record? Yeah. Is it... Yeah. Really? I've interviewed her. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I, I, I was really worried about her, but she's actually out of it now. She recently posted her. something about that. So, yeah, off the record, please. Yeah, oh, off the uh, record. I hated it. Um, 
she was an alcoholic. She would just escape. Mm -hmm. So like, I'll tie it back in here, but um, some of the girls needed to escape because they mentally clocked out. They had to cut themselves off from what they were doing because it just became this thing that got them money. There was no joy in it. There was no pleasure. There was no fun. There was no, you know, like they didn't respect themselves. So how can they command respect from somebody else? Like they were just done. And like if I am negotiating with somebody and they're giving me attitude or anything like that, um, if I think that there are any red flags, I'm not going to party with them. They could try stealthing me. They could try any and number. Really quick, of stealthing for our stealthing. Audience. You yeah, said it's uh, to surreptitiously take the condom off without the girl knowing. Or sneak. Yes, you just to to like take it off and oh my, didn't know that happened. Yeah, no, you did because you were the one that took it off. I was very good at making sure. I like had uh, mirrors at certain angles. I would constantly check it. And if, if I felt that even just for the fit, even if they weren't being malicious, if I felt that that condom was going to slip, I put a cock ring over the condom. Like that condom yeah, was You mentioned that on. on an episode that yeah. you even tell girls so like, how to make sure a condom would stay on. Exactly. Yeah. You know, because sometimes people are kind of in between sizes. Or and maybe a, weird, a weird size not to make anybody offended, yeah, no, but no. like it just, it doesn't, it doesn't lend itself to keeping a condom on. Right. And then there's also <laughs> the growth and, you know, the expansion and contraction process that happens too. So, you know, there, there's ways to, to work around it, but like. I think that some of the girls had just clocked out mentally because, A, they might not have been so stable when they came in. Yes, they can pass background checks and so on, but they can't. They had trauma in their life. And um, sometimes sex is an escape for people, but sometimes they need to escape from the sex. For me, I operate from desire so the sex i have is always fun for me and for whoever my client is or clients in the case of multi-person parties um i take great pride in delivering you know a great experience but that's not to say you know all age aside like if i were doing this for 10 years i might feel a little differently after doing it for 10 years but like I came into this industry and in under a year became a madam. That's, you know, it's exciting and exhilarating for me to do what I do. It's very fulfilling. But if I had traumatic events because I was maybe less picky and had, you know, a drunk rush into my room calling me horrible names and staff not kicking them out, you know, that that can stick to you mm-hmm. and, and add up over time. It, it creates a residue and it's, you know, it, it can get thick. Um, I don't put up with anybody's shit, you know, like I'll handle it. I had, I kicked a guy out that pinned me down. He was 6'5", athletic, like big dude. But trust me, when, I, when I'm pissed, <laughs> look out. And I got out from underneath him and, and was like, boom, boom, boom. And he, like, he didn't expect me being five feet tall to be able to um, literally throw him off of me. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, when I'm pissed, adrenaline's going to run run the show. And so, um, and I got strong thighs. 
<laughs> these thighs are thick for a reason. <laughs> it's leg day every day. <laughs> you know, but, but the thing is, is like people underestimate. And so for me, it was really important for me to empower the girls, especially ones that I saw might be a little bit brittle, um, who might maybe make shortcuts or make exceptions to make the buck, things like that. And so um, I know that the people that come into it, come into it for a multitude of reasons, but it's always in the camp of desire or desperation. I keep making your vague things specific, but I think it's important. Yeah. By that, did you mean maybe sometimes girls would withhold, uh, maybe not use a condom? Yes. Oh, absolutely. Or... In fact, um, sometimes during two girl parties, one girl might be really tipsy and forget that there's another girl in the room and be with one of her regulars that she pulled this girl in to entertain and the guy will tell on her, well, why are you putting a condom on? You never put a condom on. You know, something like that. Or straight up right in front of another girl like bareback and the other girl's going what the fuck you're not where's the condom like and then they would walk out and like it has happened but sometimes girls are like i will do anything to get this booking because i want to be top booker well i mean couldn't you charge i mean you have to be quiet about it but maybe you could charge money like charge more money be like oh yeah oh yeah like like hear me out here like what we can do with this on camera let yeah. we are literally being listened to right now yeah. so technically speaking you know the microphones so it could be like uh <coughs> condoms are required right yeah condoms are required mm-hmm. and like and if somebody's listening in <laughs> then you've passed under the radar and yeah. and so on it all it also could be a text conversation that happens off-site it could be any number oh, of true, things. True, true, true. True story. I literally <laughs> posted about it on my Facebook, but I showed a screenshot. I didn't reveal the person nor the picture itself. I, sure. But this guy was like, okay, he basically was trying to talk me into doing a bareback blowjob. All right? And the answer is no. Um, no. And he had thrown out a number of $4,000. And the answer was still no. So where I show the screenshot was at that point, he had heard no more than once and $4,000 was offered and I still said no. Okay. So he thought, well, maybe if I show her my cock, she might want it. Okay. The unsolicited dick pic. And got, pardon the pun, he got cocky. And he said, well, mine's probably bigger than anything you've ever had. I can assure you, and sir, if you're watching this, that laugh emoji, you could not hear me laughing how hard I was laughing because, oh, trust me, I've had bigger and have bigger. Like, there's no way this is even a competition. No means no. But some of the girls will go, ooh, 4K? Hell yeah. Because they're looking at what what bill they're going to pay and what fun they're going to have or whatever for me i want to earn my money with integrity i am not being self-righteous i'm just saying for me that is in alignment for me if you make your money going bareback that's on you i'm not going to judge you i'm not going to shame you 
every single sex worker doing what they do deserves respect and I will be the first one to give it. Okay, I respect that. But I'm not going to be that girl. Um, there are girls out there that will do what's called car play. They'll basically fuck in a parking lot. Okay? Fine. If that's what you do, go do it. But I have those guys coming to me going, what about car play? Fuck no. That's not what I do. I stay in nice hotels. I give luxury experiences. And I am very selective about what clients I serve. And 99 out of 100 clients get turned away that, that ask for whatever it is because they have not met the criterias. That, does that make me better? No. It makes me different. So when a girl is wink, wink, condoms, wink, wink, yeah. okay, that goes on in the brothel. I've been witness to it. I have seen the aftermath of it. I have seen girls that like are freaking out because a condom slipped or broke or whatever and they take that super super seriously and they are panicked because a condom broke all the way to girls who are like oh um what do you mean show you my condom supply um because i would get suspicious of girls that were not buying condoms right Right. I could see what the condom supply chain was and go. Hmm. And one girl worked a whole ass week with no condoms. And you How know, did she manage that? And you know, because they receive packages. Yes. That they're not like getting a mail delivered. Correct. So long story short, I knew who was using condoms and who who wasn't using condoms because they don't realize that they, it's, it's not so much what you see, it's what you don't see. You don't see them buying condoms. You're not seeing them getting them shipped in. You're not like, and then the clients will tell the other girls, well, so-and-so never makes me use a condom. Now, sometimes they're bullshitting. Okay. They're trying to get one over. Sure. Okay. In all fairness, they're just trying to pull the wool over your eyes and whatever. Yeah. But there was certain girls who name just keeps coming up over and over and over again. You know what I'm saying? <clears throat> so for me, um, I like to be safe, sane, and consensual. You're going to be respectful, and I will what meet you with that. What are risks? What I said, what a risk. Oh, what a risk. I'm just thinking about the type of woman that would risk that. I'm not saying anything bad about her. No, right. No, no. Like... It's, it's, it's literally, it's Russian roulette with your life. It literally is Russian roulette with your life. I value my life and I want to live it as fully and as long as I can. I've got so much to live for, but some people have clocked out. Sometimes that is a passive way well, of giving kinda, up. Yeah, it's kind of like, in the moment. If yeah. you, Again, if we go back to um, if you can maybe charge more for it or whatever, mm-hmm. um, I get more money. It's, it's all in the direct, the now instead of the future. Yeah. And They're actually, like, that's something that I'll was, deal with it later if it happens. Well, it's catastrophic. That's something that was really brilliant that somebody I talked to within the sex industry said that, that they particularly didn't like about Nevada. And, and that's kind of why I brought this point up. Um, and then I've got something very interesting to tell you that I think you'll find really cool. And it's kind of it's a really a, a bow on this series uh, mm-hmm. that, that we're doing um, <laughs> uh, because, well, just to give you a teaser, 
I reached out to the Bunny Ranch and asked if they'd host a stay. We'll get back to that. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Anger. We'll get back to that. But we were just talking about... um, uh, oh yeah, uh, she said this. This person I talked about, I almost lost it there. It's a dangerous game. <laughs> um, she she said uh, <laughs> she said that you the the problem with Nevada, the way that the industry works with women that aren't uh, that don't have their head on their shoulders like you do, and, the, and again, this is why I kind of brought that up, mm-hmm. is it causes you to only live in the now. Mm. and never to plan in the future when when you go there think about when you went there it's all about my future yep and then it quickly becomes this pit you fall into Mm -hmm. because of the 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 lodging rates Mm -hmm. and and it's not i mean they're forthcoming about that stuff i guess i mean they'll tell you that room and board of course i mean we've had we've called and asked what's room and board uh you know at these different mm-hmm. locations just to see mm-hmm. and um they're they're forthcoming about that but i think if you don't know to ask that question exactly you arrive and i don't know that that's i just i that's why i brought that question up i worry mm-hmm. about what might be going on um with respect to that idea, that's a really frightening idea for me. And if it seems like there's no oversight, uh, I, and I love this idea. I, I like, I'm not saying there needs to be oversight, like even with what you do, like, mm-hmm. cause you, you are doing your own oversight. Correct. Right. Oversight so, and accountability. I hold myself accountable on anything and everything I do and who I do it with. But this seems to absolve somebody like it's like the chain of accountability i don't know how to describe it i wish i was better with my words uh but i've I've been trying to i've been circling this drain trying to say this point Mm -hmm. but it's like something about nevada's sex industry absolves instead of it being about like women's freedom and this like champ like kind of where Mm -hmm. i'm coming from it's it's very much how do you how do we just make it so that uh, a certain number of people can make money off of this and make sure they don't get into legal trouble for it. At the end of the day, it's about the profits. Right. And it, that's, okay. that's how it would be okay. cannabis. Like, that's kind of how it relates right. there too. Yeah. But there are some people that are motivated to make that money through certain methods and criterias and so on. Mm-hmm. Other people will make it, it like to their own detriment. Yeah. We'll make that money. The thing is, for me, I'm the money is actually secondary. Now, I hold my rates and I hold them firm, and I'm, I'm very clear about that. If your budget doesn't meet what, say, my hourly rate is, I will figure out a way to provide an experience for you. It just won't be the full experience. Sure. It may be something a little more scaled down, less time, whatever. I, I can wiggle things around. So you walk away with a smile one way or the other. It just may, I just manage your expectations. Okay? So I'm not going to shame you if you come in with a low budget. Okay? But when I tell you what my rate is and you say, well, I think you're only worth half. You don't even know me. Yeah, you know your own worth. Okay? <laughs> I have clients that will gladly pay double if it meant they got to see me again. I did plain and simple. 
But the thing is, is when, uh, and, and again, I posted this on Facebook the other day, an example, the guy um, knew my price. Now, he wasn't expressing a lack of funds. He just felt I shouldn't charge that much. Big difference. He's like, well, you should charge this much. Um, and I said, no, I'm sorry, you can't afford me. You need to either come up with that or we can work something. He was like, well, meet in the middle. I said, no, you know what? Um, I have already taken you off my schedule because you want to insult me by lowballing me. Um, so good luck to you. Basically, it's like I'm <laughs> bless and release, bless and release. So there are people that would save every last penny to come up with the bare minimum to have 15 minutes with me and would do it once a month and come in every month and they would scrape and save and so on. Those are the people that I'm going to give extra to. Seriously. Yeah. But the ones that are like, eh. But see, the thing is, is like the money for me is secondary. It's the people. It's the girls I work with. It's the the staff within the, the facility. It's, you know, in a brothel environment. Um, it's ultimately, it's the clients, but at the end of the day, it is all about me. How am I benefiting without exploiting somebody, without um, sacrificing my own self in the process? Like, how am I amplifying and enhancing myself and the people around me? That's my ultimate overarching goal and I have a deep compassion for human suffering I'm not going to cause harm I'm not going to cause trauma I'm trauma informed someone with trauma can come in and have a healing you know uh, scenario with me to to help empower them but sex work at the end of the day is about a dude realizing he's fucking horny and he wants it now and he wants it any way he can get it and he will stop at nothing to get it and he will go through all the different rate structures and find the cheapest one and 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 he's not there for the experience he's there for the release all he cares about is the release i care about the experience yeah of how you get to that release. Yeah. There's that too. Yeah. So, you know, it's, Lord knows I've had my moments. I need a release too. I mean, like, I get it. <laughs> There's somebody who's going to be horny. It's going to be a mature woman, you know, like, <laughs> like me. Who our sex drive is, is. Ooh. The thing is, is like, being horny isn't bad. Wanting sex isn't bad. Paying for sex isn't bad. But how you treat the people that are either providing it, receiving it, paying for it, managing, overseeing it. It's the people that really are the commodity. It's not the right. sex. Right. And the money is just a wonderful byproduct yeah. of that exchange. Well, I know I've been going for a really long time. I wanted, I do want to be respectful of your time. You've been very kind with I'm, your time. I'm good. Um, I'm yeah, good. Literally, so. I'm good. Okay. Um, <laughs> well, I I wanted to ask you, um, ha so I'll 
just tell you about how the bunny ranch thing went. How about that? Mm, yes, it's, I, like I got to hear this you. because I know how it was when I was there. Yeah, so I reached out to the bunny ranch with some help from uh, people that I interviewed. So I happened, I don't know if you uh, had the chance to check it out. Uh, we'll be releasing it for free, as I just told you, uh, as part of this new show, The Cole Memo. Mm-hmm. Um, but I reached, I connected with um, the person that cooked Dennis Hoff's last meal. Mm-hmm. Um, I connected with a manager. She was the shift manager. Uh, they called her the handler. Uh, I believe she was featured in Cat House. Uh, you just kind of see mm-hmm. her hand. She'd be like ca- counting cash. Yeah. Sure, she, that's what she mentioned, I think, mm-hmm. on the in my interview. And um, so just working with everybody and like kind of seeing how it went. Everybody just kind of was like, "Why are you? Why are you um, looking for pointers? It's pretty easy. Just reach out." And I was like, "Okay." But I, I was like really mindful in how I reached out. I had um, our our booking agent reach out, and uh, I've just got somebody helping me, uh, like you know, volunteer stuff. And they reached out and was like, "Hey, Cole wants to come for this show. We're gonna highlight like Dennis's lasting impact on the sex mm-hmm. industry. Um, it's not in a negative light. Like it's mm-hmm. you know." Uh, let us know if you have any questions and everything. And uh, the manager of the Bunny Ranch responded to me, and or responded to them, and said uh, that they were not interested in any uh, like form of media at that time. And so I had them forward me that message, and then I forwarded it to Madam Suzette, mm-hmm. and I said, Madam Suzette. Um, like, I'll have you know that, you know, basically, like, I, I should be welcome and open, and that's how it, that's how, that's how Dennis was, mm-hmm. and that's how mm-hmm. it should be, and there's no reason to, like, not be that way, and she said that, basically, that she's just not interested in media at that time, and, you know, believe me, she said, she's been asked for many statements since Dennis's death and COVID and Mm -hmm. by many big publications. I don't know if that was to like put me down that I'm like small or whatever. I don't know. I'm maybe I'm reading into it too much, but, um, uh, she's like, believe me, I have a lot I could say, but not at this time. Thank you, Suzette. So we got denied our trip or our stay, uh, or visit. I, I don't even know if that means like if I showed up and was like, hey, could I just have, like, a conversation? If they'd be like, nah, you need to get out of here. They would have you, they would not let you on site. They would not. They were absolutely against any media, which is ironic because Dennis was all about the publicity, the exposure. Uh, Good exposure, bad exposure, doesn't matter. It's all exposure. Yeah, and since you can't advertise in Nevada, that's how you did it. And, And this is... I've owned my own media company since 2013. Like, I have been in the media a lot. That's why this is so comfortable for me, Mm -hmm. okay? That's why I'm so out there with what I do. I'm very comfortable with being in the public eye. And the thing is, is even my haters are making me money. Because they're saying your name. They're literally, it's free advertising. Right. Okay? I thank my number one fan, as I call her. 
She's like the president of my haters club, whatever. She's my number one fan, bitch. She's not a hater. She's a fan. I thank her all the time. In fact, I even show screenshots of how my algorithms and my reach and impressions and like all of that stuff on the back end all improve every time she utters my name. Okay? Yeah. She is branding. She is doing all kinds of stuff. She doesn't even know it. I... I Seriously. And she's so good at watching everything I do. She knows what I'm going to do before I do it. It's, it's great. But the, but the thing here is um, they would shut me down from doing any media. And I said, you can't stop me from doing what I did before I came here. Yeah, you called me from the ranch. So it was kind of I cool. I did because I was like, I'm not going to name names. I'm not going to say where I am. And this is how I towed the line. Mm-hmm. I met their requirements, but yet still made it happen. Their name was never once said. And I did it from inside my room. (laughs) On site. Because I was tired of the whole oppression, like not having freedom of speech. Okay? The thing is, is I'm not here to damage them. I'm here to tell the truth. And if that somehow damages them then they need to look at why the truth became the truth if it's so bothersome. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Like, then you should have managed it better. You should have handled these things. You shouldn't have hired shitty managers and let them get away with things. You should have not overserved the girls. You should have, like, whatever. You should have acted more responsibly. Okay? So one of my favorite quotes is from Anne Lamott from the book Bird by Bird, a book about writing a memoir. And... um She said, you own everything that happened to you. Tell your stories. If people wanted you to write or speak warmly about them, they should have behaved better. Okay? So someone who does not want media has something to hide. They fear the loss of money. They fear a loss of reputation and they are still, in all due respect, you know, I never met him. He passed before I came into the industry, but I've heard some pretty telling stories about him from people I trust to tell me correct information. I've also heard some stuff that's like, there's no fucking way, you know, like rumor mill. But the thing is, is he liked to exploit the media and to benefit and profit from it and so to this day that network of brothels and those that are in charge um are afraid of media and that tells me everything i need to know because anybody that gets media good or bad will have eyeballs on them. And that's when they can shine and act right and show a new and improve whatever. But they're not doing that. Mm-hmm. That costs money. That might take effort. That might need to... Mm. So here's the thing. When I left that network and went to Alien Cat House, I was given full reins on you know like launching a YouTube channel and so on. I did a two-part documentary. Um, I worked with you. Like... You did a it went, shout out to the Matt 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 Cullen. Cullen yes, I mean creator. our queer life. That whole brothel series just took 
off. Oh, yeah. Shout out to Matt Cullen uh, for that series. Yeah. Brilliant series. And it's got some of the most in footage, uh, in brothel footage I've ever seen. I actually need to reach out to Matt. Maybe you can help me out with that. Yeah, I can text him right now if you want. Yeah, we'll we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. I'll write it down. We're like this. Anyway, um, the thing is, it's like those that came in to have these interviews, you, Matt Cullen, and so on, did such a great job that that should have flipped that network into maybe if you can't beat them, join them. Like they saw my episodes go viral. They saw at the brothel people coming in going, where's Tori? We wanted to meet, we saw her on the documentary. We're just here to shake her hand and give her a hug, whatever. They're, you know, like it generated traffic. It generated conversations about sex work. And if you are going to be profiting off of sex work, you need to be driving the narrative of what sex work really is. And if you're putting the burden on the girls to represent it, but yet telling us that we have a gag order, we can't talk about that, how is the world supposed to shift their perception about sex work or reduce the stigmas or, you know, dispel any myths? or to get accurate information so that people can have an informed decision if they're thinking about coming into sex work, that this is not something that you take lightly and just do and then hope for the best. You, you need to have some level of business mind and good with boundaries and so on. And if you don't have that, then choose the brothel you go to very wisely. I regret the fact that I'm not there shaping and molding and empowering the girls that are coming into this industry. That matters to me a lot. But if my hands are tied by upper management that are like, yeah, we want you to train, but don't empower them too much. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, like they want to keep you small and little and quiet. But in America, we don't have to be small and little and quiet. I may be small and little, a little curvy, but you know, short little shit that I am. Um, but I am not quiet. I never was. I never will be. So anybody that tries to tell me you can't talk about this, I'll go hold my beer. I'll do it, you know, every day and twice on Sunday. If you tell me I can't do something that I know I have the right to do. So, yeah, I'm going to tell my stories. I own everything that happened to me. If people wanted me to speak warmly about them, they should have behaved better. Okay? So, yeah, every single brothel has major room for improvements. Some brothels are better than others. If I were to say which one was my favorite, I would actually say sagebrush. I didn't work in all of them, obviously. I would love to have the experience of working in every single brothel and find ways that what one brothel does really well, another brothel can benefit from, but they're so busy trying to get all the traffic to their brothel that they're not going to do anything for the betterment of the industry. They're just going to look out for their, their own selves, much like the girls who are in the lineups. They're, they're not looking out for the girl next to them. They're just looking out for themselves. That is a backwards mentality. If I'm looking out for you and you and you, everybody wins. But that's not the culture. So, yeah. yeah. Media, you, no, you can't talk about it. 
well, I talked about it from my room. I just didn't say their name. Yeah. yeah. People are going to talk. I'm going to talk. Um, by talking, I may actually be cutting myself off from any brothel ever wanting to have me come into their doors to be. It's one of my questions. Yeah. I was going to say. It's yeah, a risk I had to take you? by being vocal and verbal about it. Like, it could be that the 15 that are in operation right now, not one of them will ever touch me. And that was a risk I was willing to take to speak the truth. Yeah. Now. Would you be willing to return? Oh, yeah, I'd love to. But what here's the take? thing. What would it take? <laughs> Me running it. Okay, because I'm going to look out for not only the owners and not only management, but I'm especially going to look out for the girls that are literally churning that money machine with their pussy. And I'm going to make sure that they are not forgotten about. But I will do it in a way that benefits the greater good and everyone involved. I'm good at that. I really am. Okay, I'm always looking at the big picture. I am not excluding anyone from this abundance mindset. Mm -hmm. If I'm winning, you're winning. And if he's winning and she's winning, we're all winning. Like, literally, I want everyone to win. I want everyone to win. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and if I can't have an influence on how people stay safe and how people stay honest and how people don't get exploited or that if a really bad situation happens that we can all learn from it and and grow from it and maybe modify things as you go I'm about change for the better but I also know that much like what we just talked about today, I told you little episodes of what happened inside the walls of the brothel and it boils down to safety and the fact that exploitation actually does happen in the sense that they're exploiting the very people that are making them the money. Um, that's not okay. Yeah. It's not. Yeah. So I am doing the independent thing simply because I don't have faith unless I open my own brothel that I will find a brothel that will be 100% on board with that big picture thinking. Do you think that's possible for you? Do you think that's mm. in your future? Um, it is a goal. Um, to be honest, it takes a fuck ton of money. Okay? And really good location. Like, I was actually waiting for a brothel that was slow to reopen after COVID to reopen because they were talking about having me like co-madam it's still not open and guess what i'm not gonna work for an owner that can't get his shit together who's gonna say oh next week oh next week no you're you're disrespecting my time and i'm gonna go in a different direction like i can't respect somebody who just wants to string you along if that's the the the, the best foot you that you're putting forward now what's it gonna be like later you know what i'm saying like you've already shown me who you are you're someone that just has zero regard for the fact that people are kind of waiting to get started and you're just, eh, whatever. So, like, the thing is, is, like, I would love to find the right owner that would much rather let somebody like me run the show and then not interfere and not, I mean, they can have say. 
They can sure. have input. I'm not cutting them off from ever having involvement. I'm just saying don't interfere. Yeah. Because if you've never done this work, then you have no say in how our experiences should be. Yeah. You have to know what it's like. I know what it's like. I think any madam who was a former working girl or current working girl, like I, I was madam on the menu when I was madam. Like you could book me. Um, the thing is, is that make it fair and equitable. Don't make it competition. Um, but the thing is, is make it accessible. I would love to see it replicated in other states nationwide. Um, it exists worldwide, plain and simple. So how do we make it so that everyone wins? The clients, the girls, the management, everybody. Yeah. That's that's the true question. Yeah. So yeah, I would love to, but I think I'm just gonna have to buy my own. Yeah. And I need a few million, so <laughs> let me know. I mean, we, yeah, do a go go fund me. <laughs> Change the sex industry. Well. well <laughs> movie deal i don't know i mean yeah. let's just we'll see that what would happens. be pretty fucking tight i would love to yeah do i'm actually working movie. on something like that but the thing is is like i want the world to see the world through a different lens or a different perspective mm-hmm. what media has told the world whether it's in newspapers and whatever is that it's bad it's uh, it's it's dirty it's um just horrible things and it's not it's been the most fulfilling career I've had and I've had a lot of different fulfilling careers but this one matters the most to me yeah I'm just gonna do it so though until I can buy my own brothel <laughs> yeah well I've got three three more questions for okay. you how would you say the market is you said it's slow does it just swing is it hard for is that a hard question to answer Mm, okay, well, the economy does um, affect it, but... Oh, sorry. <laughs> See, oh, Siri, you, you Siri. stay out of, your, out of this conversation. Mind your business. Okay. When COVID hit, it obviously shut the brothels down, 100%. But sex work was still happening. Despite quarantines, despite mandatory six feet apart, you know, sex is happening. Mm-hmm. Um, so the demand is always going to be there. It's the finances. So business is really good when people are getting their tax refunds, but business is really bad around Christmas time. Unless you're a single guy who doesn't have a whole lot of family, who doesn't want to be lonely and you have enough money to splurge, which is a very small subset of people. The single guys um, actually boost business during the holidays because they will spend anything not to be alone. Um, Father's Day, dead. Like no bells on Father's Day, okay? So all the brothels in Nevada, I predict on Father's Day might have very little bookings comparatively to any other Sunday. Okay. So yeah, the market fluctuates based on economy and so on, but it is recession proof. It is quarantine proof. It is like something that 
you're going to find some form or fashion of sex work somewhere at all times. Mm-hmm. Whether it's in a brothel or whether it's in a back alley or whether it's in a nice hotel room, it's happening. Or online. Online. Yep. From a nice Virtual. hotel room. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I can be camming from here. <laughs> yeah. So um, my last two questions, and I'll throw them to you at the same time. Mm. And if it's even, if, if it, whatever, you know, uh, take these questions how you, however you want. What was your worst memory? And what was your best memory out of at the in Nevada's sex industry? Oh, that is such a loaded question. <laughs> That's worst what I do. memory. <laughs> um, I've seen some shit. I've heard some shit, and okay. I mean, you know. But personally speaking. Um, the day that I packed my room up, I was abundantly aware that this may be my last day ever working in a brothel. And that really gutted me. The potential was there, but it was so important for me to exit that situation. And if anything, to make the bold statement, this is not okay. That was really, really hard for me. It was a very emotional thing for me because I belabored the decision for for a few months off and on i was like "Mm, just give it a little more time i just i have this everlasting hope and faith that it will the tide will turn and that i will finally get the traction that i was looking for and and i just felt like i was spinning my wheels and it's like i had to process okay does this make me a failure no actually it doesn't it shows that my tenacity that i stuck with it for so long through so many circumstances showed how tenacious i am and how determined i am and so on so like i had to flip that and reframe it and go no i'm not a failure if anything you demonstrated how hard you will work and how far you will go and how important it is to make this statement so even though emotionally it was gutting to think that that may be the end of that era. I also knew that I still had that hope and faith and so on that I may be able to re-enter it as an owner. I may be able to re-enter it um, as a madam from a brothel that respects the direction I wanted to take the last one that I was at or the one before that. Someone who is going to go, you know what? It is time out with the old in with the new. Let's run a brothel completely different. Okay. And if it's not me, then I hope it's going to be somebody else. But the only way I can accomplish that, I think, is to step back into it in the right time. And right now it's not the right time. Um, we'll see. I, I am sad. I miss the girls. I miss the the climate, the energy, the clients. Like I do miss that. But I'm able to do that still. It's just not the same environment or climate. Yeah, and sorry to throw a question in on when you're but uh is is there something in the air in Nevada like there is in Colorado where it's like it's legal? Or is that mm. is it not really that way? Am I imagining that? I don't know. I just okay, imagine. Okay, so it does like... have this um, sense of safety and security that's baked into it. And and 
it's true. I mean, it is legal. So if you want to have a legal experience, that is probably the safest way that, like, the girl is not standing inside that brothel unless she had gotten licensed by the sheriff's department who fingerprinted her, background checked her. Somebody that sees me along with a hundred different other listings, if you will, on any one given site, um, isn't going to get that guarantee, okay? Me, because I'm in the porn industry, I get tested way more than anybody else, if anything, weekly, just like in the brothels. I am not filming unless I've been tested. So somebody approaching a porn star will have a higher likelihood of, of, of being with a companion who's been tested, if not uh, recently, certainly frequently, okay? But some of these girls out here have never been tested. You know and what I'm porn? saying? No, 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 in, in sex work in oh, okay. general, gotcha, okay, gotcha. Yeah. in legit porn, okay, because there's amateurs filming porn all over the place. They right. don't there's know what... talent testing or whatever you well, said. Well, yeah, talent testing service. Um, I particularly, particularly like Get Cleared. I've been using talent testing service for years, but um, in Vegas, the, the Clear, um, in fact, I have a, a hoodie um, from them, that says, you know, porn star, but it's got their emblem. But but um, get cleared, G-E-T-C-L-R-D is, mm -hmm. is how it's spelled. I love them. Um, they've been amazing. In fact, they made it more accessible for talent like myself where they have like a monthly membership where you can get tested every day if you want for one price. Okay? So that's why I like that they are making testing less expensive, more accessible, and so on. Um, I've spent thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars on testing. It comes out of my pocket in the brothels, um, porn, you name it, that comes out of my pocket. So somebody that steps into a sex work environment would benefit greatly from going to a legalized, structured brothel system like Nevada has, or someone who is a verified pro like myself who can you know show but the thing is is even then i'm still not gonna go bareback mm -hmm. with just random person but you at least know that i have clear results consistently right. being who i am and what i do okay i've never had an std um i don't plan on getting one there's no shame for those that have had STDs because, you know, antibiotics, there, there's ways to treat it. So I'm not throwing shame at STDs. It, they exist, okay? But there are girls out there that are literally infected and are infecting people. And if you are trying to get a an experience with no protection, um... You're not going to get it with a porn star and you're not going to get it in a legal brothel. So they're going to go to the risky right. subset of people. Um, I will say this, though. Um, I can do more with a covered blowjob than most people can do bare, bareback. Hmm. Okay. And I've had the testimonials to that. Um, you know, so the thing is, is so many people have had such bad blowjobs in their life that they think the only way they can get pleasure is bareback. 
I have a whole different way of doing it and people see different times and dimensions and everything. Like one client recently was like, I wasn't seeing stars, I was seeing galaxies. He was like, I have never had anything as good as that with a, let alone with a condom on. You know, so like a lot of people have bad experiences and they think the only way they can have the pleasure is to do the risky thing. And that's not true. That's not true. The experience is very important. Um, so I endorse protection. I endorse the way that the brothels require protection. I endorse the testing frequency of porn and the requirements of porn testing being within a certain window and with certain labs, you know, you can't just go down to like, you know, Dr. Smith in podunk somewhere and have it end up in a national database yeah you might walk out with a paper that says you know negative 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 but people can also walk out with a photoshopped copy of negative 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 so like how do we make it safe right how do we make it safe so brothels do provide that safety independents don't provide that necessarily um that reassurance that clients could look forward to people like me who get tested and will test whether i'm filming or not i'm a sex worker i'm going to get tested frequently i have a partner i don't want to bring anything home to my partner i don't want to expose my clients i don't want to have anything hmm i would be gutted if i somehow caused somebody to have negative consequences because of a broken condom somewhere or something like that. See what I'm mm -hmm. saying? I take it that seriously. Yeah. So I can't compete with, you know, $50 bareback back alley stuff. I'm not going to. Um, I would surely want to look out for the girl that is doing it. No shame. Yeah. But that's really fucking risky. Really fucking risky. Yeah. So I wish there was a day where that wasn't required or yeah. necessary. Yeah, I can't wait for you to start your podcast and for you to share all these tips and tricks. Uh, I wanted to make sure to give you the space to wrap up yeah. your best memory. That's best good. memory, thank you. Thank you for circling that plane back around. Yeah. Best memory? I actually, people who know me know that this is my plot twist. My best memory is the day I met my current partner. I'm so glad that this is the answer because I was like, how do I bring that up? I still need to bring that up. So, so um, I don't, I want to be protective of his identity. Yeah. So his nickname that I use and I speak of him is Big Daddy. And um, it's Adam Sandler. <laughs> I'm just joking. <laughs> I love I call, that movie. I call him Big Daddy. Um, for many reasons, but um, I, I wasn't, when I left Colorado, I basically um, made everybody friends with benefits, my, my current partners. Like, I didn't want to maintain any long distance relationships. I didn't want, because I was multi-partnered. It's like, you know, best of luck to, you know, move on, that type of thing. And, you know, we still stay connected and friends and so on. But I wasn't looking for any relationships because especially when I was madam, I had 18-hour days and just like, 
you know, no time for social life, let alone dating and, and maintaining relationships and so on. So I was not looking. I was not. It just wasn't even on my radar. But someone came in um, in the capacity of just getting a drink at the bar. They knew they were in a brothel. They made it very clear, I am not here, you know, so this is Big Daddy. Big Daddy came in, he said, I, I know where I am. I'm not here for that. I'm just here for a drink. Um, and he got his drink and he and I chatted and then he bought me a drink and we have continued to chat. And when I left Alien Cat House, we had been connected um, and so on for a good four months. And so, yes, I met the love of my life at a brothel and um, he's amazing. People who have met him and know him personally are like, he, is, he just treats me like a queen. He's just a really good man. Really good man. And he supports and endorses what I do because this is my choice. And in his love and care and concern for me, you know, he, of course, wants to make sure I'm safe and so on. But he loves seeing me happy. And this work makes me happy. He knows why I do it. He hasn't tried to convince me not to do it. If that's what I want to do, then that's what he's going to support me in doing. So, yeah. Big Daddy. <laughs> that's awesome. I'm yeah. so glad we wrapped around best, for that. Best memory is the day I met him. And we continue to make more memories. But he has a lot of respect for what I do and why I do it and for the industry as a whole. And I wish everyone could look at it the way he does. Um, this is my profession. This is what fulfills me. Why would you criticize or try to interfere or suppress me from being able to do that? So yeah, he's been my biggest cheerleader in doing what I want to do and what's best for me. Yeah. I will say it does not that anybody cares about my opinion at this point. We're wrapping up the show, but I will <laughs> say it takes some opinion. Well, well, <laughs> you know what I mean. But well, I well, when I say it, I, maybe you'll know what I mean. Like I feel like that takes some confidence from his perspective because Oh god, yes. as just as a pers- <clears throat> like putting myself in his shoes like to to I don't know, if I could, if I would be able to like there is a high emotional intelligence required mm-hmm. for people who have loved ones in sex work, whether yeah. they're a partner, son, daughter, anything, okay? People close to us either like it or they don't. Either they endorse it or they don't. There's really no in-between. There's, there's, yeah. So I've been fortunate enough to have enough people who love me endorsing it but to have someone who didn't know me who loves me because I love it and endorses that um, he can see my intelligence and he can see the passion that goes into it and and so on and and so his emotional intelligence is absolutely top-notch he is also a very confident man he doesn't he doesn't trip about you know what I do like I'll call him and go dude you're not gonna believe what I just did you know and like I can tell him in detail 
And he's just like, oh, baby, I'm so proud of you. <laughs> like, I'm so happy you're happy. Like, it's a compersion element. But the thing is, is it does take someone who's well-adjusted, well-informed, um, open-minded, and so on. And I hit the jackpot with this one. Yeah. So thanks, Big Daddy. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. I'm just only curious that I'm the person that, especially with this new show, I'm just going to go for it and ask the questions that I want to ask. Yeah. Um, do you, would you literally like on the phone be like, yeah, this guy's dick was so big, and like I was, oh, yeah. I was able to take the whole like I don't know, just theoretically. I, I mean, we <laughs> could we could call him right now, and you can ask him if you want. There's that if he's still awake, but I but don't yeah, bother him, but. okay. Well, the thing is, is I know him well enough to know that he like like, okay. Here's a great example. When I filmed with Brandon Lee Harrington. He is an 18-year porn veteran. He's done hundreds and hundreds of, of um, films, okay? He reached out and said, I'm going to come to Vegas. I would love to film with you. And I said, I'm honored, absolutely. You know, because I checked out. Which is basically another man saying, I want to fuck you. <clears throat> Correct. <laughs> and so I called up Big Daddy. He was like, guess what? I'm so excited. I'm going to be filming and so on and so forth. So he was like, oh, I'm so happy for you. I'm proud of you. You know, that's great. Well, then um, filming day, I filmed the scene and there is actually an outtake on my Pornhub. I recently uploaded it in the last couple of weeks, but it's basically the camera is rolling. And by the way, it's uh, June 16th, 2023. I don't think I said the date for the record. Oh, uh, yeah. So a few weeks back, I, I posted this clip on my Pornhub account. Um, basically it was the outtake. It was after I had finished. I'm, uh, you know, and, and so on. But Brandon's laying there in this chair. He is all laid out and he was like, oh my God, the rumors were true. And you could hear him in this video. And then he goes, I got tears in my eyes. Like he wasn't acting. He was literally wiping tears. And I, I, I told him now when you get up, be careful, get up slowly. You might pass out. And of course, he's like, I'm a pro. Like, how? Like, his look on his face was, okay, that's a bit dramatic, Tori. Well, what's funny is he got up, he was standing up, and he toppled over on the bed. I know how good I do what I do and what sometimes the outcome can be. I've had, and not to scare anybody, it's just the head rush and everything there's there's like this a mass amount of pleasure hormones like going through your body so part of the aftercare is making sure that you're stable on your feet and and so on so when that happened i couldn't wait to call big daddy i called him and i was like baby guess what i just did this scene and i warned him to, to be careful when he stands up because I didn't want him to pass out. And guess what? He fell over. Now I have him on speakerphone. Brandon's sitting right there. Brandon's laughing. And he's like, oh, baby. He, he, so he got the full experience. And I was like, absolutely. And so those two started talking and bonding over my head game. Like, he's like, she's good, isn't she? You know? And, and, and he was... and But then Brandon was like you know, hey, I love that you two work so well together, you know, her being in porn and sex work and so on. And you seem like just a really great guy. Like you, you're on top of your mm -hmm. emotional intelligence, you know, and it's like, how do you navigate that? So he was like, hey, 
how do you navigate these tricky situations and relationships? And, and, and Big Daddy just said, you know what? I love her for her, not for what she does and not what she can do for me. She's smart. She's kind. She's compassionate. She's ambitious. Like, you know, the, the, she just makes me go, wow. And every day that I get to spend with her is a gift. And, and to see her flourish and shine and be happy brings happiness to me. And so, like, he just laid it all out. And I was over here. I'm like, oh, shit. I'm getting all emotional because he's telling another man why we work so well together. Because this man has his own relationship. But things get sticky sometimes in this world to have a relationship. So I don't hide anything. I have no need to. Like, I'll call him and say, oh my God, you know, this thing happened or that thing happened or today, you know, was frustrating or whatever the case may be. Mm -hmm. Um, I tell him everything and I can tell him everything because he's not freaking out, getting jealous, being, you know, like trying to get me to, to, to not share or whatever. Like he just told me about a kink event that he just went to recently, you know, and I was like, oh fuck, that was... Holy shit, I wish I was there. I would have loved to have seen it. Like, I endorse him equally, okay? Um, I do in-person kink events, and he will, like, wait for my call when it's over, and I'm like, oh, my God, I made so much money. It was awesome. I met some neat people. I loved meeting the new girls. Like, you know, I'll tell them all about it and how it went. Um, you know, or I'd say, oh God, the air conditioning needs to be, you know, like a little lower next time, you know, like my honest and true opinion about my experiences, he wants to know what they are or he wants to be there for them or he wants to watch. (laughs) That's hilarious. Well, Tori, you've been so generous with your time. Um, did you have fun tonight? (laughs) Yes. Yes. And I am so honored that I actually get to see you in the flesh. You, me, and everyone yeah. watching. And thank you all if thank you've watched you. this far. You're seriously true heroes for caring about this subject and, you know, for what we have to say to to have tuned in for this far. Um, it is so, so much, like, it's such a pleasure to be able to meet you in person. Thank you. Um, can I ask you, fist bump, handshake? Oh, God, uh, what yes. do you, Yeah, what do you prefer? Um, <laughs> thank you so much for uh, meeting with me tonight. And, Titty uh, flicks, I don't yeah. know, something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, though, folks, I hope you found as much value in this conversation as I did. Tune in to future episodes of The Cole Memo. That's the yes, first thing. I'm so excited about this. Yeah, that's the first time I've actually said that out loud, like in a recording I capacity. Am here. It, like so. history is being made in yeah, this I, moment. I hold on a second. This. It is the second time. The first time was with Tommy Chong. So. Holy shit. Yeah. So you've got that. Whoa. Yeah. So you're the second time. The first time was with Tommy Chong spoken, you know, on the record. Um, but yeah. I, so. I met Cheech. Yeah. Years ago. Yeah. But I haven't met Tommy. Yeah. I'm, I'm kinda, I, I love your life. <laughs> yeah. I it's really pretty crazy. Do. I it's love your crazy. life. It's awesome. Yep. But no, thank you everyone. And thank you. And I'm so happy to see this. Yes. Getting yeah. put out into the world. Thank you I for really making am. it happen. You've been instrumental in it, and I've been able to point to you as coming on to be like, hey, I've talked to this person, come on. And they're like, yeah, oh. Yeah, you know what? I think I was kind of so. like the spearhead, and then it just branched into, like, you know, my friend May and mm-hmm. Kiki and, like, uh, like different people and so on. It just kind of, like, whoosh, mm-hmm. 
I love being a people connector. I really do. I'm so glad that we connected and that you've been able to take this as far as you have and to the levels you are. So congrats. Good job. Thank you. It's nice to know you as a friend. (laughs) Folks, take care. All right. Bye-bye.